0: Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Adam.
1: I'm JP. And
0: I'm Gareth. And it's quarter past ten because we've just had a monster 45 minute pre-show talking. <laughs> ECW DVDs, Woolworths, Purple Haki, sending our best wishes to Triple H, Omar, both from The Wire and of Wilmi- Windmill fame. It was a fun old time. <laughs> 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 How's it going?
1: Good long week like already getting back into basically summer's over folks isn't it and there's no easy way to say that and it feels like you're back into the grind of life again in a somewhat everything's back to normal vibe not entirely sure but other than that it's all good i mean i say this i could get covid and die next week that's the kind of of that we're all running really isn't it (laughs) <laughs> it's always a risk. It <laughs> always good.
0: Nice happy way to start. <laughs> Can we not talk hey, about look, again? In
1: case in case people forget. <laughs> yeah. So if you think well, him squeezing your muscles for a start is not gonna go down well at all on um like in terms of COVID restrictions, <laughs> isn't he? shattering those. I'll shut up. <laughs> I don't know where that came from.
0: How are you, Gareth? You're right. <laughs> I was all right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no,
3: no, I, d- I did get that rude awakening today. Actually, where that um, like Sarah was saying that like, in work, like, oh, someone's got it, so I've had to go and have a test, and oh. like, it was suddenly that like panic mm. of like, oh God, am I going to like end up having to be like stuck in the house or something if she is positive? Because you yeah, I've just forgot. It's kind of like it doesn't mm. exist anymore, does it? You just watch football. Full crowds. You just watch whatever. Go out, you know. Go out. Everyone's just fucking pubs full of you know. Nobody wears a mask in Liverpool oh. at all, kind of thing. No. It's basically like I'm just like. It's almost like COVID. What COVID kind of thing? And you just sort of kind of like forget, and then you just get this like little reminder at the sides that you may have to stay in your house for a while. But, mm.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, I was what, on the train what? before. No foot. Fuck, no fuckers wearing a mask, and they look like you're a cunt if you are wearing a mask. Eh, back to normal Yeah, Liverpool's going kind to of Liverpool. What are you going to do?
1: It, it feels that way. My sister went to a Penn State college game, and it was like eighty thousand there. Mm. And I was like, "That's a bit fucking blasé," but she had a great time by the looks of it. Did either of you watch the tennis? Out of mm. curiosity, you did. Uh, we talked about it on the Saturday, Benno, You didn't bite on the tennis at all. <sighs> oh, I oh for <laughs> <my God. laughs> as he walks off, Gareth, you did.
3: I did. Three enjoyed it.
1: There's a wrestling-related comment to all of this, though, but. Go on. Did you, as somebody who doesn't watch tennis, did you enjoy it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind a bit of tennis, like you were saying. Like, you know, it's one of them. I'll watch it. Watch it if it's on. Sarah loves the tennis, so it's it was uh, it was always going to be being watched. So, um, but yeah, no, I got proper into it. Like,
0: was it good? So, well, well, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: It was, but it was also getting a little. You were looking at Arthur Ashe quite a bit as well. You found yourself watching it at the same time. Going, I like that camera angle. You mm. to, I'm open tones watching this and keeping an eye going. You keep that there because there was a couple of shots of that place and it looked absolutely cavernous. Yeah. And they didn't have the roof roof on or anything else, but it you almost the way they walk in is they go from these entrances through the side and it's kind of blocked off, but there's like a kind of LED screen behind them. It, it looks very good. It's quite simple. And I was just thinking, leave that because mm. like you've just got that entrance way. In some ways, you want to have it as just the people coming out because it's a tennis court. The whole thing is set up perfectly rather like kind of, you know, what you imagine like sort of sumo hall is where you've got that ring kind of perfectly in the center because it's intended for that. Mm. So there was always that to it, Beno as well. It felt like it looked good though for the bitches.
0: Like you could see like the, Mm. like it looked like the seats were like straight down, if you know what I mean. It looked like a dead cool bit, like every seat in the house would be fucking awesome in there. Like that's that's the only bit I paid attention to though.
3: I was looking, I was just looking for like the dive spots and thinking it was jumping from where in this area. Yeah. In this area Joey Janelle is going to like fall from the roof or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: There'll be a brawl outside and they'll go through and they'll end up at some tennis court or something. There's
3: going to be some that. lame tennis. Oh, tennis. Sorry. I just suddenly thought there's going to be some lame tennis racket spot. And then my mind suddenly went to how Jim Cornette's been speaking very positively about AW of late. I was thinking, Oh no, his, uh, his corner, is oh. corner, going to get rolled out for a tennis racket
0: spot. Oh, hope not. <laughs> uh, they have. That's the thing. Uh, like he's he's still giving them grief, but not as much. And Tony's having a bit of a love in with him. Oh, I can't see it happen. It'll just be the young bucks and Carl Anderson and whatever wearing like tennis gear. That's the extent of the uh, the tennis
1: connection. I think we'll get.
0: But no, it did look good. Was was the actual tennis good then? JP, is it a, is it as I'm, inspirational yeah. as a story as I've, as I've read?
1: It's a kind of insane story when you look at what she did because she kind of just bossed it. Mm. Like really, apart from a couple of moments, she really did boss it and it was just kind of incredible because you realize that she's had she had three more matches than Layla Fernandez but also at the same time like had spent 5 hours less on court. And so she won quite comprehensively but post match Layla Fernandez pulled a fucking Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six and completely yeah. stole all of the heat from Emma Ranakanu and the crowd couldn't react to it like react to it. I was like, she brought up nine 11 at the end, like as well, she was like kind of crying and getting emotional because her family was there and Emma Raducanu's family weren't. And it was like pre- pretty partisan, like Canadian crowd. Um, it's a lot, you know, which is ironic, really. I suppose she is honouring WrestleMania six being in Toronto and all that as well. <laughs> in some ways, maybe that's what inspired her. She watched the VHS tape, which, if you listen to the free show, you've heard quite a bit about that sort of stuff. So yeah, she cut this kind of like massive, like heat stealing promo, um, like about. She was upset because she was angry about it. there was like a point where she was kind of cross because mm-hmm. she gashed her knee. there's been a timeout right near the kind of end so she had that kind of heat and sympathy she kind of kept her heat well and then she just went like you know for all those people on 911 and obviously that was like you just went oh you fucker good work yeah. here like you've completely like done this audience so yeah brilliant stuff i, I hope it leads to a rivalry i you know layla fernandez fernandez pulling a, a good kind of hulk hogan kind of heat stealing stuff but it was it was classic good promo
3: she wasn't um she wasn't pleased with radikanu powdering there at the end was she when she got the uh, <laughs> when she got the cut like she those that, that was she proper went uh she was like full heel in our household at that point kind of thing. And then like seeing her, seeing her mother's face like sat in the crowd with a proper like bitch face on her about the fact that she was like getting her leg tended to just as it looked like she was turning the screw. It was a proper a proper moment with that. But the big one for me was at the end when like Raducanu won. And then it was like, ah, now we hand her a check for $2.5 million. And like they'd, they'd just been talking about her finishing her A-levels like – four weeks ago or something like that. I was like, imagine finishing your A-levels when then like a month later someone gives you a check for two and a half million quid. I'd, I'd be dead. I wouldn't be here now. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> really would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> Find you up, you know, balls deep in Yabba somewhere fucking <laughs> up a beach in Kosamui, wouldn't you
0: just be like
1: all over the shop?
0: That still only lasts oh, so long, well. you know. You still need a little part-time job or something.
1: I don't know. I'd give laziness and not doing anything a fucking good go before we get to the part-time job stage. <laughs> there would be I definitely could, a I long period it. of time of no work.
3: Yeah, I could I could make that last no bother, just sat in my house doing nothing, <laughs> just watching telly all day for the rest of my life. Updating <laughs> the grapple app, obviously, as well, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, doing that. Put an hour into that,
1: got, I will watch this year's G one every fucking minute of it. I'll sit through the lot. I'm not I'm doing nothing else.
3: The eight man tags and everything. Yeah,
1: I feel bad because um, Pollock
0: um sent me a thing like asking for like he's doing he's doing like a round table like for the um for the website like interested in G one this year. My answers are just like not interested. It's gonna be fucking crap. Like it's just uh, nobody asked for fucking Tamatonga versus. Fucking anyone in that block Evil I don't know Who else is in it Fucking oh. Yeah <laughs> The
1: the fact that voices Aren't doing The yearbook Tells or you everything it. it does tell you everything um, I might I do pick
0: On post Just to do it Because it's like tradition But I don't give a fuck Yeah, yeah Well then exactly. Alan's on the list too He buried it too Yeah <laughs> like, Some of my answers Are just dead blood. Will you be watching The new one this year No <laughs> How how would no. you rate your interest? Non-existent. <laughs> I'll, I'll hate watch a B B-block day if it gets me on another, if, I, if John asks me to do a podcast with him again. I'll fucking cherry pick grapple matches, but poof, I got nothing, nothing good to say about that
1: it's just so uninspiring what the booking could be mm. at this point. They were working it out and they were thinking to them, so you're working out what the last day is mm. and and you're just thinking, and that's really where the excitement lies because that's how I end up doing the pick'ems and you just think to yourself, okay, so what are the last day match is going to be? What are the consequential ones? There's nothing exciting mm. and every real combination of this you've pretty much seen and you know the one person who isn't winning the whole thing is going to be Shingo mm. although they haven't done that before so maybe they'll do it and also they could pick a complete, randomer to win it. Well, somebody relatively random because they've got three knights at the dome. Mm. So what difference does it make who wins this fucking briefcase like in the first place? It's kind of like it becomes a problem. And last year was an issue what they did with the Bushi where he lost it and they just put him in the second day of the main event. You know? And this year it, it feels like I know it sounds crazy, but if someone if they put some had someone like Sonada win it, that wouldn't I wouldn't think it'd be mental because I just don't think it means that much this year. Mm-hmm. and I wonder whether or not they'll do that or pull the trigger on it, but I suspect what they'll end up doing is going to some sort of, I don't know, is it Ibushi and Naito in different blocks, do that in the final again, but every combination of it is, is, is uninspiring. Well, there's full days of that B block I will not be watching, like I, I put in my
0: preview thing for for, for post I was just like, yeah. John asked who was going to win each block and I was like, maybe Shingo will win the A block to throw us a bone but then Evil will win the B block just and then win the entire thing just to because ghetto hates us <laughs> that was basically my answer that's that's the current state in new japan i just can't see that i'm gonna watch any
3: of it like mm. that's one of the like weirdest things like there where you're talking about like picking and choosing and things like, mm. like even even the good matches i feel like i'll just kind of have their edge taken off them a little bit because of the fact that it's like yeah this you know same rotation of people the fact that this sort of the uh, Feel like the the prestige of winning, it's kind of like just taken away a little bit as well. Things just feel a little bit more kind of inconsequential than they would have done in the in the past and things like that. So um, I don't know. Like it's it's one of them though. I suppose it's, it'll probably be a fucking banger of a match, and you'll watch it and love it, and and then you know like it all, be, all all be good for that uh, half an hour or whatever. But, like, fucking hell, I, I can't believe how unenthused I am about it. And, like, one of the things I keep questioning myself is, is like, what's the, like, what's the re-entry point to New Japan? Because I keep thinking to myself, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just taking a little break here kind of thing. I'm not watching it as, you know, thoroughly. And, but, but I will. I'm not going to just let it fall by the wayside. I will, like, get back into it kind of thing. But right now, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do to get me to be, like you know, excited to be wanting to, you know, get back into it deep again.
0: Yeah. I don't see it. New Japan, USA, maybe.
1: I was going to say, I think that's where any interesting matchups, and it's not because they're all great wrestlers and it's like the best roster in the world or anything really like that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's fresh and Mm -hmm. it's different. And it just feels like, that's as like the thing you've been missing from New Japan most of all, because you look at three quarters of that roster, they're just in stasis. Mm. They're in the same position in this G1 again. Like for some of them, they just haven't progressed over like five years Mm. in a lot of cases. The stables all need freshening up and not in a let's expand the bullet club type way, which is the direction (laughs) they appear to have gone in. But, things like Chaos and Suzuki, this should be entirely blown up at this point because they don't fit the purpose as much. Because And there's no heat between these factions. They exist to have these undercard tag matches and it's someone to feud with. But there's like, this, this very little kind of heat going into it. There's no one that you're, like, one person you're thinking, oh, they're going to have a good tournament or anything else. It would just be like, yeah, we know Ishii will have a few good matches, but in each block, there are like three people who can drag shit down to serious mm. levels. And the only interesting, match, say, a Ujiro had last year was against Jay White, and that had a storyline with it.
0: I think there's seven but- of them in the B block, mate. having <laughs> threes three is doing generous. <laughs> Everyone is not Carter.
1: <laughs> he's like fifth on that list mm. of like how good they are. And weirdly enough, I'm in at- the, only I'm only one on the this book. Is- you know, fucking hell, I'm mm. like. I don't mind them but when they're like 7th or 8th best in your block you kind of can handle it a bit more mm. but when they're up there in the like you're expecting them in the top 3-4 matches you know that the match quality isn't going to be there mm. and it's not like any of them are any younger mm. they're all breaking down in various forms as well so it's just I, I just see the quality getting worse yeah
0: so we're not doing, what you're saying is we're not doing a G1
1: um, podcast recap even on the page long winded way <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Look, I'll obviously cover the results because I'm yeah. like... Kind of oh, yeah, do the together. updates. There we go. That'll be fun. Use me as your guide because I'll be saying, you're right. 20 minutes between these two. Fuck it. Mm. You'll be fine. Like, what difference does it make? No, it's, like it's half an hour time limits there, isn't it? Stardom. Mm. start, i it asking, oh, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> half an hour. Will we potentially talk, well, sort of non-talking about a half an hour limit draw maybe mm. later on in, in in this show? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of interesting Pickhams, uh, better than uh, better than the 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 G one. Uh, grapple fancy football. Do you want to talk about that, that this week, Gareth? There was a big derby this weekend that happened. <sighs> the the race to the bottom between me and you. Who could do worse? <laughs>
3: I almost forgot about that. That's it. it was like looking through our teams, and it was like if if, if one of us got like a return off one player, that, that was basically <laughs> going to solve it, wasn't it? It was like two, 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 one. I think like like Mendy and Cancelo like got points for you, and that was uh, that, that was all you needed. Two players to actually do something, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? So,
2: <laughs> oh. like, all
3: same.
0: Much like Everton, a joint top of the league currently. Are we? Um, yeah. Didn't even realise. <laughs> Fucking hell! Love Rafa. What a
1: great, what a great man, King. Well, you've got that Rafa tattoo on your arm, haven't you, recently? <laughs>
0: might get King one Rafa, Jesus.
3: Alex, has, Alex has removed his Rafa out um, poster. He? That he made from his door. I was going to so ask for an update. That's all it took: ten, ten points, undefeated, <laughs> to, 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 to get rid of his, his Rafa out. Brilliant <laughs> Rafa out poster.
0: That's football for you. Principles out the window.
1: I'm top of that draft. Are oh, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Fuck this. Hell. Yeah, Fred and Fred and Taribo West, top of the league.
0: Oh, I would have thought it'd um, be Andy Ogden after he tanked Crystal in there this week in the uh, in the graps and claps, Derby. Didn't realise it was you.
1: No, I bit beat, beat Carl's uh, enfield in, well, basically I had two Crystal Palace midfielders mm. in Zaha and Gallagher, who I think Gareth had let go of Gallagher or something like that a week before, was it? Something yeah, yeah,
3: for fucking ugh. Milo Rashika of Norwich, and yeah.
1: then Gallagher popped up with two girls. It was just like, great. <laughs> and I also had like I it was just like a combination. But I've got Trent Alexander Arnold in there as well. Pepe got an assist, Good believe it or not. But no strikers. I've had to get that South Korean lad in from there. But yeah, in, in, I I don't know how it's all going in within the fantasy league proper at the moment. I think you all do very well in that. I'm wild sweep,
0: I'm doing rough. Are you? Yeah, I need I need I need to reshuffle that squad. To get get um Lukaku in, maybe get Ronaldo in. Although United's fixtures aren't aren't the best coming up. And I, yeah, wild card week for me. I think I had a great start, and I'm I'm slipping into it to, in, back down into mid table at the minute. So need to catch the uh, the Neil Flanagan's and Edward Mills uh, of the world. Jordan Steins is fucking fourth already. Of course, of course he is. Of course he is. Of, course. of course he is. You're gonna mate, walk it,
1: any? Water- Water is wet. The sky is blue, and Jordan Steins is having a cracking fantasy league year. <laughs> yeah, like in ponds, you know the absolutes in line.
3: His bottom of the draft—that's given me some hope. The fact that he's uh, the fact that if he's bottom, then there's hope for everybody above him. There you yes.
0: go. <laughs> to answer Sean, by yeah. the way, in the chat, you can still join the uh, the grapple Left League. I'll maybe put the code somewhere. Um, but yes, you'll be you'll be late. You'll be a few weeks behind everyone. But you know, you might you're you probably still won't feel bottom because you'll do better than Alan Cheap Shot and a couple of the other people that were down
1: there. <laughs> yeah, my brother's doing better than me in this. I'm not fucking happy about this at all because he's in that grapple league. I'm not fucking having that. That's mm. bullshit. Gareth, yeah, you're five places above me there at the moment. You had a decent week, Gareth.
0: I'm just Jamie didn't in the draft where it counts, mate. I'm unlucky.
3: Yeah, I was going to say. I'd, 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 I'd rather have won the draft this week.
0: Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. It wasn't a win; it was just a not lose. I think this week. <laughs> I, I,
3: I was sat there though, like knowing that I had Manny, and like, did you see? Like Manny had more shots in the game than Leeds had in the game. And, yeah, like, mate. Was I was watching like, him with on. a
0: close eye because I knew you had Manny. <laughs>
2: Oh,
3: I was just like will you just put the ball in the back of the fucking net like how many shots do you want like just not giving a shit about it from a Liverpool point of view it was purely just like one more goal come on you'll probably get the three bonus points as well if you just get another <laughs> but alas no <laughs> Benno takes the win
0: ah, well we'll do a, a proper FPL recap podcast at some point uh, before we, uh, yep. we get into proper wildcard season but I was going to say over on the, uh, the Patreon side there's uh, a lot of stuff uh, going on this week one of which is we're going to be doing a uh, a grapple film club coming up this week we I mentioned it in the pre-show there jp you're gonna uh, throw some suggestions out there we're gonna do uh, 80s film club aren't we so far yeah it's gonna be going up shortly for patrons so if anyone's got any suggestions of 80s uh films we should do what do we got in there they live um
1: over yeah. the top over the top roadhouse gareth there. suggested
0: rocky three didn't you rocky, rocky,
1: three. rocky three yeah mm, yeah, um, yeah. Which I haven't seen in a very, very long time, but yes, those kind of eighties films. Mm. I don't know if Hell Comes to Frog Town is a bit too much, mm. and I, we, Suburban Commando is not going to work its way in there. But that might be night if we're being strict about the decade stuff in there as well. But Ro- Roadhouse being there is a, like kind of Ooh, uh, Suburban
0: Commando. I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to rewatch that. Or, or is it too close in material to um, No Bard? That's that's nineties, isn't it? We can mm. have a we can we can do a nineties one
3: yeah. and get, yes. get a bit of Suburban Suburban. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, can so we have a danya, like, Yeah, just something a bit more like... At least Roadhouse a bit more grown-up. Mm. And it's Swayze in his prime as well. So, lest, <laughs> lest it ever be forgotten. Not doing dirty <laughs> dancing. As well, which, is, which, when you look at the storyline, it's creepy as fuck. Mm. Family Guy was right. He's like nearly 40 and she's 15. And there are big, big, big questions.
0: Chris Elliott suggested Big Trouble in Little China. Is there a wrestling connection?
1: Um... Oh, I fucking wish it was. That's one of my favourites. Someone give us an gone. excuse.
0: <laughs> if there is, we'll do it. Body Slam, that's a good suggestion from Liam. Oh, yeah.
3: Is that the Dirk
0: Benedict one? Face from the 18. I've never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up for that. Yeah, another for body sound yeah. from Will. There you go. Well, yeah, get get your uh, suggestions in, and if you're uh, a patron over at um, Patreon.com/slash/grapple, you can uh, you can vote and uh, mm-hmm. set the agenda. Obviously, uh, this week JP, we had uh, the agenda set by one of our kings of the mountain, Connor, and we uh, yeah put some uh, some great stuff on the uh, the Patreon uh, feed. If I do say so myself,
1: we did. We had the five to one, which was um, suggestion of the um, king of the mountain, Connor O'Loughlin. And we did it about the AEW best moments, Mm. which was great because it kind of was a bit of a like sprawling conversation that kind of went into loads of different areas and loads of different people. There's some stuff like kind of very small suggestions of some of the moments where we get kind of really micro about a couple of, of things on there as well. But it was a great episode to do really enjoyed it reminded and me kind of, of a lot of
0: like that aw 1.0 era like the, the Jericho yeah. i forgot how much jericho did <laughs> like like the like, i don't want to see him that much oh, on dynamite yeah. now but fucking hell was he involved in a lot of aw's big moments a lot of cody stuff and uh, was loads of that uh, more historic stuff that i hadn't really thought about
1: there is and when it comes back to it you just think of the cast of characters involved in there as well so um that's that's on there also at the moment there is um it's like a patron exclusive of your uh uh, latest uh, of your upcoming show Ben I don't know if you want to talk about that necessarily.
0: Yeah I put a preview up there of um, starting a new podcast called uh, Versus uh, which will be on the main grapple feed but uh, patrons get it uh, get it a week early the preview copy of uh, me and yes uh, I've mentioned it a couple of times at the end of the podcast but me and WH Park um, in the first episode went one on one talking Deathmatch Richard, me being a coward, uh, Nick Gage Kenny, Ken Chan Omega. What else did we cover? Fast and Furious. Um, all kinds of uh, subjects. Whether Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes have resolved racism. Um, I did... Uh, oh, yeah. The idea is each week I'll get a each month sorry I'll get a different uh, guest on from the podcast and world. some of them might be non wrestling people um some of them might be uh you know prominent uh, media people who knows uh, who I might get for a for each given month but I had to start with WH because yeah there is no better <laughs> to go back and forth one I missed that conversation uh obviously when uh, we had him on spotlight that day and we talk about that too um but yeah he was uh, he had to be the man to be uh, to be guest number one for that one and, and there's some great graphics uh, being put together uh by uh, by our friend. Yeah. Yeah. As well uh, for that too to to keep an eye out for the uh, the full launch next week. But yeah, patrons got a and you guys got a got a sneak preview of that this week,
1: and it's it's tremendous. I'll say that now. I said it to you like at the time when it, when you first um had produced. It's like this is fucking great. So if you have if you haven't had a chance to to listen to it and you're a patron, have a listen to that. Um Also, as well, we've um we've had our, our sort of daily updates. We have our weekend show this week. Weekend show is going to be on Thursday, yeah. um fitting that fitting that one in as well. So it should work out quite quite nice for people. Nice Thursday um, night entertainment yeah. for people.
0: It was popular yeah. last time we did a Thursday night. You know, get in get in early before uh, Rampage and uh, and you and obviously New Japan Strong on Friday night. JP always the uh, the big preview oh, on the uh, Saturday night
1: show. now, mate. Oh, is it Saturday? Oh, okay. Yeah, so- Said that. Oh, oh not, sorry. One of the updates. Oh, I was, I of course, what? listening. They yeah, all definitely. blur into each other at this stage. But, yeah, they... Wow. Um, What's happened yeah, there? they mo- have moved to Saturday night. Ah, shits and giggles. I imagine it's just because they're, like, they're going to be do- they're doing it in front of crowds, so there may be things about the kind of timings of when they're going to be getting them in. I imagine all of those house shows they're going to be doing will be all over sort of New Japan Strong as well because they need as much content as, as they can get at the moment. So, yeah, that's on. That's on. That's on. It'll be like Sunday morning UK time. Mm. I love you. I'll, wake up too.
2: I love
3: you. Uh, I love you taking the whole uh, Brit Ress is Dead gimmick to the next level, Benno, and uh, going head to head with NXT UK and trying to kill that as well. <laughs> 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 There's <laughs> uh, ratings war going on on a Thursday night there with with weekend updates moving back a day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, you, you, why would you want to watch NXT UK? We can we can watch me and uh, me and JP cover ratings preview probably progress i assume they got a show on that weekend so we still cover brit rest stuff you know red pro on sunday your call we're all gonna well gareth's not gonna make it unfortunately me and you're gonna be there jp on sunday yeah we can talk that preview that brit is yeah, still we're gonna... kind of alive a little bit
1: well we're relying on a you know it, it's it's all about the the new obi-wan kenobi which is andy quilden at this point isn't he <laughs> uh, he's our only hope to paraphrase <laughs> princess leia so uh yeah he's got that but um mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going. I feel like I should wrap up the the, the Patreon bit first. I so to go to patreon.com forward slash grapple, because <laughs> I forgot that, and you're going to wonder, well, where do I fucking go then, you moron? Nah, right. They don't well, that's know where that you go so.
0: <laughs> That's where it is. So, yeah, all, all that yeah, content is up there. And, yes, uh, live weekend show, live plot light, pre-show, all of that.
1: Out, out of curiosity, tell us what weird adverts you're hearing, because we have no indication of what advert's going in there, but apparently there's stuff for luxury yachts, which... <laughs> Like, I don't know what's going on. Was that one this with, week? With... I think there was. I think there was a luxury yacht advert in, in one of them. And I was like, it's like, I, I you know, I was fucking on it. I, I don't know if you want to sell me a luxury what's yacht. What's
0: Gareth been buying him while he's logged into the Grapple account? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> with the Grapple millions.
1: <laughs> Grapple Mansions from Grapple Towers is, is where we are.
3: No, I've, just got, I've, I've just treated myself to five yachts that I've just got parked in the back lake.
1: <laughs> Lenders one mate. You've got that beach nearby, haven't you? As well. Mm-hmm. So, like you could have a yacht just off there off Crosby Beach. I don't know how that would go down with the locals. <laughs> oh amazing well
0: yes um <laughs> i don't know where we were going let us know give us your feedback and obviously yeah, j- jp's at patreon.com slash grapple and this week as well we got a special bonus 45 minute um pre-show as you mentioned earlier where we uh discuss the merits of woolworth swap shops and all kinds of stuff so yeah that's all over there but we have actually got wrestling stuff we need to talk about so we should uh get into uh to what we're going to talk about this week a couple of um news notes that i think first there are uh, we're talking about um Want to talk some ratings, lads? Want to talk... uh... What's been what's been going on as uh, as we go to uh, to press tonight? Uh, obviously, uh, AW uh, last week was the, uh, the the Dynamite show was the, the big headline with a uh, 1.3 uh, million people um, tuning into uh, to Dynamite with uh, with highs of near the 1.5 million range for the uh, the Daniel Bryan uh, Adam Cole segment on uh, on last week's Dynamite. Um, that Dynamite famously, uh, in fact, beat Raw in the uh, in the in the in the very very important. 1849 demo um and it looks like it might well happen again um, this week if the uh, raw rate is anything to go by lads the uh the hot shotted uh, biggie langston's bigger uh, title win and wouldn't you know it against the stiff nfl competition it didn't particularly help that much although maybe 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 it stopped it from being at absolute record lows as yeah the uh the raw um overall rating was 1.6 million this week, 1.67 million uh, with the demo crucially being below dynamite from last week and also being below dynamite from two weeks ago. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, the last, but at least four out of the last five dynamites, the uh, the demo was worse by than. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> there's every chance AEW are gonna do it again. Um, I don't know. I know you were uh, the most positive on the uh, the AW numbers from last week, Gareth. But uh, <laughs> hey, if they can beat Raw uh, two weeks in a row in the demo, they're doing something <sighs> right.
3: Oh. Be fucking delighted. That then I didn't know those raw ratings either. So that's fucking great news here and that uh, just now. But like <laughs> yeah okay, now. 1.6. Mm. Jesus Christ. Like I was like trying to look at the numbers the other day and predicting what raw might fall to when it um the mm. football season started, and obviously opening, you know, first game of the season and things like that was was gonna have a bit more of an impact, but fuck i didn't think it would go that low and it's uh, good news to hear the uh, demo <laughs> dropping um, dropping below those previous weeks of the uh, dynamite as well like fuck you know it's only going to get worse it's, as well it, 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 it's incredible it's
0: oh, god i think that um that, that that week is it in 2 weeks the um the New York show for, uh, for as we mentioned earlier with uh, with AEW is like is that week, and I believe the stiff NFL competition on that Monday. Like, I'm not saying they're going to beat them in total viewers anytime soon, but if there was ever a chat, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm booking Kenny Omega versus uh, Brian Danielson. I'm booking, yeah, <laughs> fucking. I'm, I'm just throwing everything at that time. Like, just for, I might just you, you probably isn't isn't good business sense to do that, but I'm petty. I'd do it um, to battle the cunts.
1: If you're getting close to it. That's still the kind of thing you can go to advertisers and sponsors and external people and go, look how close we are. Mm. And we're catching. And Mm. we're moving up on it. I think the thing about the Raw rating is, and, and it being awful, is I feel sorry for Big E. And knowing what they're like, they'll be blaming Big E. And they'll be going, look, we will do this, and he just didn't draw. And they'll blame him for this. And he'll be on Raw at possibly the worst time in creatives history. A guy who... By their own metrics, there's no good reason why he shouldn't have been given the title five years ago. Oh, like being seriously. Did
0: you see that Punk Brian thing with uh, Renee from backstage? And there's like somebody cl- clipped it and put it on Twitter this week where like P- Brian was like, I'm Biggie Langston. He's so underrated. He- he's so underutilized. And Punk was like, Still? Like he was underutilized six years ago when I was here. What? <laughs> like that slums <laughs> them up.
1: It, it does. And I really feel for him. And you know what they're like. They look for reasons to not push the people who they really don't want to push. And they're more like the him versus Miz argument for me was just like a kind of encapsulation of everything that's wrong, where Mm. someone like Miz would make out like he's worked hard to get there. And it's like, mate, you've really done fuck all like in the scheme of things before you've been given the chance. Whereas Big E's just been spinning his heels. They've done it in a way where it's a moment that could have had a real meaning, real meaning Um, to kind of do something with it. But it would have required like you build him up through to WrestleMania. You do it properly. Mm. You put it on in the middle of the show and then you've got that big match and the crowd will react to it. But it feels like that moment is lost. And for the sake of what?
0: Well, to be fair to him, Fox Renard said in the chat is segmented well. And this is breaking, so you wouldn't know. JP but Brandon, mm-hmm. Brandon uh, Thurston has put on Twitter that apparently Biggie segmented 1.84 million viewers. So if the average is 1.6 or so, how bad was wow. the rest of the raw? How bad would it have been without Biggie? You know, <laughs> even I was like, I was joking about it, being like Biggie doing a tweet is not going to affect that raw rate in one bit. I don't know. Based on that quarter, maybe maybe save them from absolute doom because fucking hell, that's um. Uh... Yeah, that says something, because that final quarter on Raw never does well.
1: Good for him, because mm. I think that's like 11 o'clock. Mm. That's late in the day when mm. that's happening. Mm. But still, though, there is this, like, I mean, it tells you about how bad the the show is generally and, and the kind of depths it could get down to. I'd be interested if there's any of those quarter hours that get dipping below 1.5.
0: Below dynamic you
1: probably. In- I was going to say it's how close does the lowest segment get to Dynamite because mm. if there's something that does 1.45 million and you're going that's what they did with you know punk, uh, uh, Danielson and Cole mm. and you know like really at that point is is you know you're getting those ideas of like how close can this get and I can't see them turning the corner on it I mean they're mm. you know God there's, there's it, it's so much more desperate than they think and I think I wonder at what point is like the novelty of the live attendances as well, because they're really like kind of making show like, like overbooking shows, a lot of hot shotting stuff that's effectively going on. And that's the strategy. And that's not going to win because they're up against a company with a long-term vision, but also not just long-term, they've got short-term vision as well. And they're doing stuff now whilst also laying the seeds for the future. And WWE are laying no seeds for the future whatsoever. And yeah, like, this this is bad. It's how they react, and I can't see them reacting well.
3: And the thing is, that, like, they've tried to just hotshot so much stuff in the last two mm-hmm. years to, you know, just whether it's on run or it's on, you know, even on NXT and things like that, when they've, you know, tried to just shift somebody across for one night and things. And, Draft and, coming I think and yeah, and the thing is that they've just conditioned their audience though as well to know that you know when I was like looking on Twitter today, everyone's just talking about oh what happens next? Like yeah, or he just loses it to so and so, or it's like he, you know he loses it in Saudi Arabia or things. People are just so cynical and just so conditioned to the idea that they have got no mm-hmm. long term plan that when they do something like this, you know people just think you know it's just a throwaway part anyway. So even if you know that has spiked the rating at the end, it's you know people are doing it probably because they. You know, they're like Big E and they want him to see him have that moment kind of thing, but there's nothing there of any depth or substance to make them think, Oh great, like now I'm invested in this for the next month or the next two months. I wanna see this run with him with the belt because he's, it's part of this, you know, built or developed storyline. Like every single time they've shotted something and done a semi-decent rating in the last two years, then it's always dropped massively the following week. And then again, like more significantly two weeks later, as well as people realise, oh no, yeah, it is still shit. Like there's no point in, you know, there's no point watching it kind of thing. So you'd expect, and, and especially leading into that, you know, Arthur Ashe show and then just thinking, you know, there is a big game on the Monday and things with the, the NFL. Like, fuck, you know, they, they really are there for the... Um, for the uh, the beating
0: that week there we go you're like me Gareth I treat it like football scores at this point I'm any time a rating comes out and am punching the air imagine explaining to your non-wrestling fans why we care so much about the fucking demo rating like AEW <laughs> like, like yes it's like they've, they've got a last minute winner or something isn't it when they, they pip like and this week's one I joked about it on the weekend show like statistically and you're a man who works with numbers Gareth I'm not even sure if it was really a win it was that close but we we'll are fucking calling it a win because we're AEW <laughs> yeah. homers at this point <laughs>
3: I was laughing so much because yeah, you're always the one going, yeah, these Nielsen boxes and what's the sample size <laughs> yeah. and what's the margin of error and things like that. This week it was like if AW would win by one, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, the bun- we did it. the bunting's out too,
2: <laughs> yeah, like
3: yeah. doing laughs of the garden, like you know, like just, uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, just like proper proper cele- celebration, like. But it's mm. uh, it's 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 one of them where just any anything like that where you know, I mean. Where you talk about like looking at it, football scores, like obviously we were like in the chat at the at the time, like when that rating broke, and um, I don't know, maybe I did have my more like cynical end on it, you know, maybe my expectations oh, of the, of the, the mm. my expectations of the draw of Daniel Bryan and and CM Punk were maybe bigger than than I thought. Like you know when I when when I saw that initial rating of one point three, to like to me the idea that it was you know. I probably always had in my head that, oh, yeah, seeing Punkle put more than 300,000 viewers on a rating himself, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, you know, knowing that he, you know, he is attributed to generating 200,000 buys on that first UFC thing. So I'm thinking, all right, well, this is like, you know, just watch this on your telly. It's not like you're paying for a pay per view. Surely he's going to get double that or more because people aren't having to put their hand in their pocket. But probably what I'm like failing to do in my head there is think actually a lot of the people who were buying that are people who are probably watching AEW already anyway you know so that that uplifts probably never going to be as never going to be as large but then but then for me the idea of like i don't know punk and then it's like you know Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and it was like 300,000 i was probably thinking oh like for those three coming in with that level of significant impact after a pay-per-view i probably was thinking in my mind like oh like One and a half or 1.6. I think I felt a little bit better when I saw the breakdowns of the segments, and then I saw it go Mm. one and a half for the, um, for the, Danielson Cole um, segment that that sort of filled me with a uh, a, bit, a bit more a bit, a bit more positivity. But then you say there about the the football score side of things, like literally, I get that one, and then like I'm immediately just thinking like, can't wait for next week's, <laughs> like can't wait for next week's rating now kind of thing because I just want to know, okay, well, what's the what, what's the impact? Are they are they going to manage to like maintain it? You know, what what, what share the audience is going to hold and things like that as well. So it's uh, it's a bit. It's a bit sad, really, isn't it? But they, they're like, um, you know, getting so invested in, in TV ratings. But I think, um, again, when you're as a weary old wrestling fans like us, so jaded with WWE and uh, mm-hmm. had to listen to their bullshit and consume their bullshit for so many years, any chance for a, a bit of a kick in and then to get one in the eye when they probably think that they're uh, absolutely like impenetrable is uh, absolutely
0: top-notch. Yeah, you look at those numbers and you're like, you look at it, sorry JP, and you're like see like, you know, SmackDown, for example, doing more than 2 million and to be honest, and I, if I get two minutes at the end, I'll talk about it. This week SmackDown was pretty good by WWE standards. It was like, it was a good WWE show, don't get me wrong, but it was it was pretty all right, but I still look at those numbers or even look at the 1.6-odd the million people watching Raw and just think, how oh, are there that many people still? <laughs> like, how many? Like, how how are the? Is it just, like... Because this is the thing about these numbers, and I was going to get into it, JP. Is like, you know, we talk about the demo and stuff, and I know it becomes a meme. Mm. And, you know, people do rightly ask the question, you know, were we talking about the demo in the Monday Night Wars? That's much we meant. Um, And people ask that, but, you know, there's obviously the reason why, you know, the 1849 demo is so important. It's what advertisers use, and it's what's going to make AW money in the future. But as well as just looking at it as a number, you've got to look at it like realistically. That is like dynamite, just in simple terms. Had more people under the age of 50 watching it than Raw. Like, they, they, yeah. more of those people watch Dynamite than watch Raw. Mm. The reason Raw overwhelmingly still beat Dynamite last week and still did 1.6 million this week is because they fucking wiped the floor with them with the olds, with the people over 50. Um, because mm. shitloads of them, for some reason, are still into, or maybe not even into it, are just in that pattern of still watching Raw. And I made the point to you, JP, on the weekend show that like, I think I share a little bit of, you know, Garrett's like disappointments. And like you said, I, I, I do look at it as like a football score and I am, you know, you, you guys know me, I'm impatient. I want everything now. I want we to battle them now. But the truth of the matter is it's going to take a while to break those habits of people. I've got every confidence yeah. one day it's coming, but like, it's like the Monday Night Wars, isn't it? Like Nash and Hall jumped over, and it took a while for Nitro to 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 grab a hold, and for people to realize yeah. that was the hot show, and you should watch it. And I think Punk and Danielson has clearly put AW on at least a few hundred thousand more people's radar, or of the people who already knew of AW, it made them tune in. But I think it's gonna be there's gonna be a long tail to this stuff as long as AW keeps putting out popping out a hot product and keeps things fresh as they have. It's got to come with time, I think, and it's just we'll see the real pattern emerge over the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that because, I mean, obviously the thing is, is that people who are older, they're less likely to change their habits as well. They're more kind of ingrained in in stone.
2: Hmm.
1: Whereas, I mean, and you're looking at as well for like, you know, just the simple fact that more younger people are interested in in watching AEW than they are raw in and of itself is a damning indictment of mm-hmm. where Raw is and the natural advantage it has over everyone as well. And it's just sort of how easy they've given that up. Like, they really have. They've not really kind of threatened them. NXT never threatened them, mm-hmm. which obviously has cost Triple H big. But it's very hard to see, like, unless... And it can happen, but unless AEW sort of really badly botched the booking of the kind of key storylines, the stuff that's drawing, which in the last week, if you go to the thing that drew like 1.45 million and drew that massive demo number, um, that's your your Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson feud. My only fear is obviously you can, you know, you don't... if you go in a certain direction with it, it's a kind of no brainer slam dunk kind of success of a storyline. And you've got all the other figures around it as well. There is that potential for Kenny Omega to start acting like a tit or something like that and slightly ruin the tone of it. But we've said about this on the weekend show, the overall trend lines, attendance, pay-per-view numbers, 200,000 ratings, all of that stuff is going up and it's Mm. getting up to levels where like where WWE were the last time they were running pay-per-views and beating those. And yeah, they haven't had the WrestleMania, but they'll be doing a stadium show within a year. I'm very confident on that. Mm. You know, possibly if not two, if there's one in the UK and there'll be one in that baseball stadium in Milwaukee, I think they've got their eyes on because it holds about 50,000 and is near Chicago, which is effectively, even though they have all the stuff going on in Florida, that's really the home market. At, at, At this point, they're the ones that are going to be likely to attract new people. They're also likely to attract where the talented workers want to be. They're the ones who are thinking about building new young talent. Whereas WWE are still wheeling at, you know, we're getting Goldberg, we're getting the Saudi Arabia stuff again, not really at the right time for that, for them to kind of raise their head at a time when you're desperate for viewers and you're going to be putting on things like, I'm not saying it makes a massive difference, but you're not going to attract any new fans with those Saudi Arabia shows, are you? So if you're umming and ahhing on the fence about watching it and you hear it like they're doing a show in Saudi Arabia, you might just think it's a bit fucking distasteful and not bother. I'm not saying that they will do. But it's just these trend lines are going in this way where WWE feels like they have to absolutely stack cards at MSG, probably give away, I think Brandon Thurston said, about 3,000 tickets for that. So we would have drawn 10,000. It was a big number. It was high ticket prices. Yeah. Was- are they going to be able to do that next? Are they going to be able to do that next time? Because if AEW deliver a knockout show, I could see them selling out Arthur Ashe again. Mm. I can see them selling out those kind of big shows. I don't have faith in WWE being able to do that. Mm. And, you know, what you would think in if this was the Attitude Era is that Vince would be taking this stuff on board and kind of moving with it. But I think the current state of WWE, where they're so financially secure in all of this, means that the creative problem... Is the thing that they're never gonna get round to resolving, or it's it's the last possible thing they'll go near, and that's not gonna change anytime soon. And in fact, at time of recording, we're gonna have an idea of what NXT is like by tomorrow. Mm. So well, they're crowning a new NXT champion, like and it's just all these weird happenings and the contracts and everything else. They seem like they're fucking like they're losing it mm. big time. Mm. They're like in real, they're they're panicky booking decisions. Sorry, rambling on here, but everything about it is just so up in the air. Mm. I I do the daily updates and I can't make sense of the fuckers. Mm. Well, shut
2: up.
0: (laughs) Go ahead, Gareth.
3: Yeah, they do just feel like a, you know, they they feel like a company that's that they've almost got like their their headline business strategy, which is obviously, you know, it's working for them in terms of TV deals and, you know, their rights and things like that and selling off bits of the network and things like that that's, you know, at a surface level financial aspect, but, you know, the at a more, I suppose, like tactical Practical level their day-to-day product kind of thing it's almost like just you know swimming in the cash at the top at the top end there but it's almost like taking i don't know say if it was like a supermarket it's taking your eye off the ball of what's actually going on in your stores and things like mm-hmm. that and then actually if there's no fucking stock and your shops are filthy and all that stuff then people stop going and then suddenly then you have that lag and then suddenly it like bleeds into the financials
1: like a bit you know later what happened down in the I think
0: what happened? <laughs> sounds like you've lived this. I got,
1: that was the first thing I was wondering. I was like he doff protest too much about the supermarket analogy. <laughs> yeah. got
3: ma- Great analogy. Got, got major <laughs> oh yeah. Got made redundant, mate. <laughs> Explained I, was, it. I, I was like a, I was I was like one of the uh, like one of the current WWE employees uh, getting made getting made redundant before the business was sold. Um <laughs> at least it wasn't during the uh, COVID um, pandemic, mate. <laughs> but and, and that's it because they haven't got that strategy that's going on uh, on their day to day product. Like that's that's where you know a lot of this stuff when you get your old sloppy shop thing and all that come in there and your element with the you know the contracts and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing and you, you know until, until until they can you know lead some element of consistency into you know, they're planning at that lower level, then it is just going to continue to just deteriorate. And then, the, you know, the knock-on effect is that further down the line, that will bleed into their financials because it's where they'll get damaged with their merch and with their live shows and things like that, that they, you know, the crowds will uh, all dip and things. So you've almost just got that thing of the, the, the TV and the network stuff masking, you know, what the true picture of the business is, which possibly is what they what they want to do now is just create mm. this mask and you know but the problem that they've got is is that they never bank on somebody Underneath, um, underneath that level, almost like exposing that bad level of performance. <laughs> and then what AEW is doing right now is exposing that bad uh, bad level of performance. Because in a previous world, they would have had the the TV networks would have just been eating, you know, whatever Vince is saying in a in, in one of his conference calls, or they'd just be there taking their like rating numbers at face value. Now suddenly you're getting someone going, hang about, we're beating you, you know, on a you know week to week basis in the you know in the the key demographic if that is something that continues hang about we're paying you how much Mm. for this level of content that we can like sell ads for this and these guys over the road they're only getting that amount of money and they're doing more than you Mm. suddenly that's when the like big questions start to, to, to open up and you know that's that's when for me I, that's where I probably do get a bit impatient, and I do want like the knife to be twisted and AW to accelerate even quicker because I kind of want that exposure on WWE's bad performance in on those aspects. I want like the the spotlight, um, for want of a better word, um, to be on that, and I think that can be done by AW um, accelerating their own own position. And yeah. but for me, it's like, well, how does that then happen now, and it not become this slow term element? Because if CM Punk. Brian Danielson, Adam Cole puts three hundred thousand on the ratings, or you know four hundred thousand on the ratings, or, or, or whatever. If I'm if I'm looking at that and I see that you know on a good day, Raw can still kind of tickle two million. Obviously, SmackDown's doing over two million. AEW should be capable of doing two million because there's a wrestling product out there that's shit that is doing two million. So they should be able to convert and fill in that gap. But I look at it now and I th- and, I, and I, that, that's where I'm a bit like. How does that happen then? How how do we get from like say one point three to one point five to one point five to two million? Are we going to do that through good booking and good storytelling? Uh, I don't know. Like I don't know how long that would take. If 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 stars as big as Brian Danielson and CM Punk only put that level of rating boost on there. What needs to happen then to add another like 33% of the rate increase of the rating to get up to that two million mark. And that's when you like look at the rest of the landscape and you think, I don't know, who who else is there that they could possibly bring in that would kick that on? And that's when you start to get into your no, 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 no. Austin territories and your rock territories and things like that, really. I don't I don't know if there's a bigger name than Punk or Brian Danielson that no. could could accelerate it over those those top, top guys, and in which case. Then it is gonna take a long time probably to to get there and we do need to just sort of sit in and be Mm. patient for it.
0: There probably are though, yeah. Those hot shot weeks coming, are there? Unless, like you say, something magic like that, Austin or, you know, they have a big feud that they pay off on a TV. I'm sure there'll be weeks, you know, where where they continue Mm. to to do those crazy numbers, but it probably, yeah. To answer the question, I think you answer it yourself. It becomes a marathon or a sprint. And, you know, as well, I think the other thing that gives me like comfort is I'm sure, you know, I don't think Wade Keller's published the uh, dynamite number from last week. If it doesn't pass two million, I'll be shocked on the seven days. Like it will. That's another problem AW've got because their audience skews younger. There's more people who are going to be, you know, watching on demand and watching through with the means and watching afterwards than than raw and that but i think it's a little bit closer you know obviously once you you consider that um and and again the other thing is you know we're bothered because we want them to win this war that we've not created, but, you know, we, we all kind of believe in. But if you're AEW, yeah. I mean, all well, you really do care about is the 1849. They could probably beat Raw if they, if they lean more into trying to pull over those mm. 65-year-olds who, for some reason, watch Raw every week. But, but, you know, why would you from a business point of view? I mean, the other thing is, and you mentioned it on the weekend show, JP, is, you know, the, from a conversion rate point of view, what AEW are doing well right now is remember when WWE said pay-per-view is dead? Like Tony Khan's touting all out of doing more than two hundred thousand buys? Like we are verging on double <laughs> like what a what a normal AEW pay per view would do. Uh, we're verging on numbers that would be pretty much all of the WWE pay-per-views before the end of, you know, them going on pay-per-view. Like there's so many signs there of like a of a really really healthy business that yeah i think there's there's plenty of reason to be to be optimistic and yeah probably cause to be to be patient for people like us
1: i think there is i think again i believe in the trend lines i think mm. the stuff to takes them up to sort of two million on that overnight basis mm. are things to do more with getting somehow in touch with the zeitgeist which is how the attitude era felt when it came around in kind of like sort of 95, 96, like there was a change in popular culture if you can think about it and things like that. The cinema had gotten better. You'd had things like Pulp Fiction I think is it in 94 and stuff like that. So what people wanted out of things were slightly more complex and slightly more anti-heroes and Austin kind of walked perfectly into that. Predicting what that is, if I knew what that was, I'd be a fucking millionaire wouldn't mm-hmm. I? Like for it, And that's the difficult thing is we can't predict but its it's getting, it might be those simple things where we don't see AEW people, not uh, you know, and I think though that Rhodes the top thing kind of helps in the same way that Total Bellas always helped in, in terms of WWE and it helped attract that female audience. and I know that's an area where you know Dave Meltzer will talk about it. It's the blood, it's the blood that does it. You know. Shit, he? They, they, he, he spoke to one woman one time away. who told him she doesn't like blood, and that was that's enough, Meltzer. <laughs> that's his you know, to study, but you know, she, <laughs> but you know she did like Matt LeBlanc, the biggest <laughs> fucking star in the world. <laughs> biggest irish star in the world as well anyway but like yeah it, it, it is one of it is one of these things at the moment where like catching into that zeitgeist is really difficult and it's interesting that they've managed to get to this position to say that the booking they're doing they're not reinventing the wheel this is not like the golden era of a book and they could do stuff better really when you think of it they're just so far better than wwe which is where they are, that like they do crazy, w- well, wild storylines. Like, this guy's from Cincinnati. Do you think we should push him? Let him win. He can beat someone relatively lower. Yeah, what the fuck? Crazy idea. I know. Crazy idea. Get a hot crowd. So when someone switches across the TV and they haven't seen a hometown guy lose and they're all confused as to why they lose, so they seem a bit sat in their hands. You don't really want to sit there watching that. No, they want people cheering. So you put things on that will make them cheer. Again, not rocket science. But these are the things that WWE seem to have completely forgotten. Basic like, they nonsense. really have. Mm. They have, and they've, they've, they like, they've kind of just forgotten about this stuff. And then, you know, mentioned about the conversion rates and, and where that's going. I mean, I, I I think it will go up. I think if if the storylines are good, and they kick into gear, and I'm not saying have the elite as the NWO, but within the terms of the analogy, they'd have to be it would have to be, like, you'd have storylines around it where you're like, right, this is really fucking interesting and crazy. Um, Because it feels to me like the first part is like, let's get the wrestling fan base behind it. So we've got hardcore wrestling fans who drive the pay-per-view business. Now it's at that point of let's expand to, I'm not going to say that C word, but Perhaps say lapsed fans rather than casual fans because mm. I don't want that fucking argument. But that this 2.0 era is getting kind of them involved and in the rest of it. And then maybe chuck a jungle boy on a talk show. Mm. That kind of stuff. It sounds silly and it's a bit old-fashioned and maybe a bit anachronistic in 21st century, but get them out doing stuff like that because the AEW roster, above all else, it seemed like even Luchasaurus is much more of a human being than Seth Rollins and he dresses up as a fucking dinosaur.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, a key difference between the two companies as well is AEW is a company that's trying to grow and service the fan base that they have and provide a, comp- you know, like you said, simple things, provide a compelling product. You know, sign wrestlers that might bring more fans in, like, you know, Brian Danielson and CM Punk. Make those fans happy when they come in. And WWE is a company ready, ready in for a sale. <laughs> like That's the difference. And, you know, if you're... USA Network or your Fox, you're looking on the outside going, hang on, why did why did AW get CM Punk? Why are they making all these moves? What and and WWE is actively removing like genu- like what were like pushed commodities and stars on their shows. Like I think that's a that's a big difference between like the two promotions. And I suppose if you get into it as well, I mean, what you. The other like big news of the week as well is you know there's more and more people from the WWE side clearly wanting to jump and you know you hear it from connected Twitter accounts that there's uh more than uh, beneath the surface than you know the names we've seen so far and you know your names continue to come out of people who's contracts mysteriously seem to uh, have lost years and, uh, and are coming up soon. I mean, Kevin Owens was the the big one. Um, last week uh, news came out that his contract is up at the end of January um, next year, and if you believe the the rumours and I'm, I'm not 100% of um he wants to come over to the AEW side, but I suppose if you are a wrestler, why wouldn't you? Uh, Johnny Gargano uh, is the other name that, yes I know, that came up the last couple of days of, uh, of being one who's... Uh, Who's uh whose contract is uh is up before that before the end of this year um and he's someone who has interest in coming over to AW and AW would likely have interest in him coming over. I suppose Pete Dunn's the exception to the rule because we have our breaking news tonight that for some reason that I uh, I'm not I'm not gonna slag off but he signed a three year deal. I don't know if I if why if you're a wrestler Pete Dunn's size with his. You know, his his biggest backers being Triple H, who's had a heart attack, and Shawn Michaels, who I don't think's got the power to protect him. <laughs> or your biggest backers, NXT 2.0, is happening mm. tonight. And you still sign a three-year contract with that company. Don't understand it. But there's going to be more of this coming, isn't there? Uh, you know, there's obviously the conversation of how many of these people, the good ship AEW, can take. Um, but, you know, Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano seem like they're going to be the, the tip of the iceberg going forward, Gareth.
3: Yeah, and I mean, this is where, like, I don't know, when the Kevin Owens stuff came out and then I heard, like, re- you know, references to, like, Sami Zayn as well of his contract potentially being up later in the year and things like that. And this is where, again, you're, like, starting to get into the territory where, you know, from the point before you're looking at, like, okay, well, who can you add to the roster that's genuinely going to, you know, boost, you know, stick another thou on the on, on the TV rating or something like that? <laughs> As much as I like Kevin Owens and as much as I like Sami Zayn, I don't think they're people who, them been on the TV are going to like massively like shift the t- you know the t- the TV rating. You know, I don't think there's there's going to be a huge boost there. I'm a, you know, you're looking at things and the volume of people that have come in over the, you know, recent time period as well. And I kind of see that and I'm just like. <sighs> I'd like them to be there. I'd like them to come in, but maybe in like twelve months, maybe in eighteen months or something like that. Like, I almost just feel like there's just mm. a need for a bit of bit of stabilization and continuity at the at the minute because it does kind of like make me if. nervous. This idea of we drop another one in and then we drop another one in, kind of thing, and then then it's suddenly we've got this real kind of cluttered mix of people who kind of have to be, you know, upper mid card. Uh, at least, based on you know levels of you know reputation and what they've achieved and things, and that and that's when I sort of start to get a bit worried about. Well, okay, who, who in the existing AW locker rooms knows? Are we now putting out a joint that you know they used to be on dynamite? You know once every three weeks or they you know, they used to be, you know, have a bit more of a prominent position or have an element of a storyline you know Matt that Hardy. they were that they were they were involved in. If it is to replace the likes of Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho and people like that who've almost like taken things to that first level and then we fill that in, okay, I think, you know, the <laughs> the the nervous for me is is just that impact on the locker room where you, mm. you you maybe get these lads and they go, hang up. We're the ones who've done the legwork here in the first two years to kind of like establish this company and you know we've we've you know been given this opportunity and we've kind of run with it. And now all these lads are they just decide they don't want to work for WWE anymore. And they like they can just like come in and just sort of like, you know, take yeah. our spots on the card, take our spots on the show and things. And and that's that, that that's my worry from a I suppose a, a, a volume standpoint, and then it, it, it is just the idea of like, is the return on investment worth it for some people like that initially? I
0: don't depends. know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It like, depends who it is for me. Like, I, you know, if it was if it was tomorrow, like Kevin Owens, I'm definitely more bullish than you are. Like, I would say if it was tomorrow, like, no, January enough in the future that like he's got his own space and they keep things fresh. Like, the only minor criticism I'd have of the Brian and Punk stuff and Cole stuff, it all happening at once, has kind of meant, like, a bit of the impact of Punk being there has been lost, and, you know, and it's great as a cumulative thing, but I'm like, oh, I wish, like, we were just telling the story of Punk right now, <laughs> like, and we were doing Brian later. It being January makes me more positive on Owens. I do, I would separate Owens from that group. I don't... I agree with that. Like, he's not going to... This is where we get into the Marathon or Sprint stuff. He's not gonna pop, you know, a rating, I think, too much. You know, it's not like an extra hundred thousand people are gonna watch that dynamite. But I do think he Owens is like for me that perfect combination of like I know it's hard to measure who's over in the WWE system. We don't get quarter hour metrics, we don't get merch, you know, you can only really go by crowd pops. But I do think he's popular enough let's use the word popular rather than over i do think he suits the aw style enough i think they'll want him there and i think he's very very fucking good and the thing about owens is i think he's the kind of guy where yes he's not going to maybe have like popper rating but i think having a quality over a guy like that is is one of those Elements that will help longer term as far as it being seen as like a mainstream, you know, wrestling product or a wrestling product with stars of a certain level, like he's the type of I wouldn't make exception. I'm not sure I'd make a sec- exception for Sami Zayn, I think they will because he's the mate, and that's the other thing with these lads, Johnny Gargano, mm. I think they will because he's the mate, and they, you make an argument for Johnny Gargano, he's he's popular with a certain type of fans, similar to Adam Cole, that, that NXT fan, I can't stand the fucker but I can see, you know, he's popular with a certain audience, but I think there may be separate, slightly separate conversations, there's something about Owens that I think he's maybe just that 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 cut above, and that he's been protected enough in WWE that he's a major enough star that I'd make room. And yes, it's going to bump someone, but you know, in my ideal world, that someone is Matt Hardy. That someone is, you know, someone on the, 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 the. the it's not jungle boy. It's not Darby Allen. It's not those guys. We've got an extra hour of TV. We saw our bad, remember that week, a couple of weeks ago, Damp Dynamite and Rampage, where like it was three hours and they couldn't seem to fill those three hours with quality stuff. All of the stuff on those two shows, been that off to make room for a Kevin Owens. I, I would probably force it with him in a way that I maybe I wouldn't the
1: others. I can, t- I can see, I can see both your points on this one as well. It's just that, and I'd, I, we were having a chat about this and I sent across a long list of all the people already in the AEW who are kind of up around the top and the, the kind of upper, the top of that card. And it just makes you wonder where's the space in that area. Yeah. Because that is true. Matt, Matt Hardy is a lower card act, and I know it would free Doesn't up. Doesn't seem like it. An it. He's on fucking every show. I know. Really at the moment, he is on everywhere. <laughs> I know. And I was hoping. I was thinking those dark spoilers, like yeah, shove him in a studio in the universe. He's done it before. He'll do it again. I'm mm. sure he'll survive. But it's it, it it's kind of like if you if you do look at Kevin Owens and you put him in there with and I'll just run through the list of people I've got at the moment very quickly. Adam Cole, Omega, Malachi Black, Cody. Jericho, Starks, Jungle Boy, Danielson, Punk, Adam Page, Young Bucks, MJF, Moxley. Then you get to your Pack, Andrade, Lucha Brothers, Wardlow, Sammy Guevara. Sounds fucking. Crazy. You could have anyone from <laughs> Mexico, basically anyone from New Japan, mm-hmm. more or less at any point as well. Just to throw into the mix.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At that point, I don't know what other traction on the male side you're gonna get from anyone else coming in there. As good as I think owens fits in there naturally storyline wise and he could have some and that's the thing i think he's possible of having that kind of really hot intense feud that gets over to a large group of people i think he's got the capabilities of that he's never really had the chance of that in wwe it's always been somewhat muted it's just that people are coming up for contract the ones we never hear about i bang the drum on this it's sasha it's bailey it's charlotte even it's becky lynch because i think if we're looking at the numbers and the thing that has been big is Britt Baker as well. And mm-hmm. a, a really a high proportion of the women's stuff does, does better than most of the other stuff that's on there. She Although it is very limited. Characters. She need, that's it. She's like by herself and you need people there with her. And I think that is possibly the thing that then turns another couple of demographics round. Cause let's face it. There'll be the theory that goes, well, it will attract more women. It's those 50 plus lads. You know what we're talking about. They're the ones who will also be turning over as well, because I've got very low opinions of them.
0: Stardom review coming later, everyone. I think I think you're right, though, there, JP, as
3: well. And this is where, like, then I think about, like, the investment and then things going towards talent. Like, I look at Owens, and then you look at that, like, list of names that JP's read out, and don't get me wrong, I love Kevin Owens. I think he's – I love him on the mic, you know, like, he's – you know, when he gets intense in a feud, he's, he's great. Think. But, like, I look at the everybody that they've got there, and I think, like, there's a, the, the volume of bodies that's there already, the volume of good bodies that's there already. What is Kevin Owens bringing to the table that none of these guys can do? And I think, like, I don't know if he is bringing something that they haven't already got covered and then when just harking back to the previous conversation about that uplifting ratings. That's where, you know, I I agree. I'd rather keep that investment and go, right, let's throw a big fucking wedge at Sasha Banks. (laughs) Let's throw a big fucking wedge at, at Bailey because that is where, when you look at the women's side of the roster, and while there has been improvements and things like that, there is space there. You know, you look at, you know, how... You know, look at that reaction to Ruby Soho, even like the other, you know, the other day. And so, if that's the reaction she's getting, imagine if fucking suddenly Sasha Banks walking out through <laughs> through the curtain there, or Charlotte Flair, or so, you know, something like that. It's it, it's going to be a you know, definitely a different kettle of fish. And yeah, to- yeah. totally, um, totally on board with that. JPI, I think that's the that's the space where the money would be going now. And mm. then you know, don't take your eye off too far off the ball from what you've what you've planned in for the um, for the fellas and then what you've now added to the mix in the last. Last
0: couple of months. Yeah, and I agree with that point too. Like, totally. Like, I, you know, for the women's division. Literally like anyone who's half decent be, I'm not even talking Sasha and Bailey, like anyone who's half decent, I bring it in God. from AW. They need like they need Ask that depth. They need that depth. Like, yeah, mm. absolutely. Like I, I don't think we'd ever have that conversation of is there enough room, you know, with that with those kind of, of wrestlers. There's 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 too much talent there, um, and AW is lacking too much in the women's division. Um but yeah, you know, with Owens, yeah, I like for me, I I think maybe for me I just see his ceiling as higher. I genuinely thought he could have been like not Steve boston level but a massive star for ww at one point i just think he fits so well that he could potentially be that for aw but you know i don't i don't argue the point that you know aw is getting overstuffed and then that mm. is going to come that pushing point because you know we're having that conversation about him now what happens when we have that conversation about like seth rollins comes available or you know like it, it could be anybody next couldn't it i mean johnny gargano is a, a good example like you know i I can't stand Gianni Gargano, and you know I got a bit of grief for her on Twitter today for, you know, I'm not a fan of him now either. I don't care about this the way stuff, and you know he's still a fucking nerd to me, and I don't think he's any good. And I, no, it's not that I don't think he's any good. There's a good wrestler in there, but I don't. I've not enjoyed the presentation of him for the last six or seven years, with some exceptions, and he's kind of just damaged goods to me now. Um, I, I personally don't want to see him wrestle like that is that is how i feel about johnny gargano he'd have to do a lot of work for me to be interested in johnny gargano again but again that doesn't mean you know you have to book a promotion for me that doesn't mean that i can't see Mm. some value in him the, the fact that you know obviously you know uh, the, he's connected with the aw guys if you believe reports the aw guys they want to work with him um he's over to that kind of a of that male aw audience that nxt crossover audience he was their biggest star the last couple of years when we get to talk about dynamite and rampage in a bit i probably said similar things about adam cole and then adam cole came in and did one segment on dynamite and i'm like hmm Maybe I like Adam Cole now. <laughs> maybe NXT was the problem. Maybe it wasn't Adam Cole's fault. Mm. Uh, although my distaste for him does uh, does outlast longer than NXT. But I, I think with Gargano, again, there's going to be that. We're going to have this conversation again, aren't we? And I think similar to Adam Cole, I think it might be redundant. I think he's he's going to get brought in no matter what. But with him, I'm a little bit more mm, cautious about you know whether it's worth it or not. I still maybe land on there's a role for him. But uh, yeah, it's it's a similar conversation again.
3: This is this is where for me, like, you look at it, and then there's almost that like reevaluation of the positioning of people as well, because like. You know, okay, he's been a top guy in NXT, but then if AEW is trying to position themselves as above NXT, and they are above NXT, you know, bigger, competing with Raw, competing with SmackDown, or whatever, is Gargano. Anyone who's ever going to have been like in the main event scene of main roster WWE, like absolutely not. Like if they're signing him, you know, it should come with uh, an element of expectations. And to me, if you bring bringing in him in, it'd be like, okay, we may be like. Put him with someone as a tag or, <laughs> or something like that and maybe yeah, use maybe. him in that in, in instance he's not going you know he's not going anywhere near the, the the top of the card in the early instance as well and you just wonder if you know even in himself is he does he expect that he should be at the top of the card because he's been on top in nxt for that length of time as, as probably well. not he seems like he, he seems, is, he seems is, not
0: that, that that kind of guy he does seem like a you know a humble Hard working lads. who will uh, you'll try wherever mm. they put him in the card. You know,
3: yeah, you know. I was looking, I was thinking there. Oh, could you just tag him up with Wheeler Uter or something like that? Or, you know, just in. You know, fine. I could accept him in that position. But if we're yeah. going to get Johnny Gagano coming in, and it's like, oh yeah, he's you know he's you know going going at the top of the roster or something like that, then absolutely not. But if he's just filling a mid card space and he's a recognizable name that they can throw out there for a. You know, a random match on Rampage on a Friday night, or just as part of a tag, or something like that. Then, yeah, fair, do, fair dues. But again, for me, and you know, this this day and age is 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 not something you'd be wanting to like invest a, a lot in, either from a financial point of view, or you know, a storyline point of view, or a, 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 anything like that, really.
1: And he's not really had. He's not really had a big money run anywhere, is he? So if He's always been on that NXT money. That That's not going to be necessarily too big as well. His wife's in WWE, so that's why I'm kind of even sceptical about him going to a Aww. certain degree. And I'm sceptical
0: about, can I, about can I just throw this in? Episode. Sorry. Very sceptical about Owens too. We talked about it on Friday, JP. Yeah. He's going to do a video in his car in January and go they offered me too much money because there's going to come go a point where Vince McMahon's going to stop listening to Nick Khan and be like, we're losing too many people, pal. And he's going to end up throwing a load of money at someone. I bet you Kevin Owens is number one. And I bet you Gargano doesn't I- want to give up as NXT tracks he's, sorry
1: carry on uh, I don't think the Monday's gonna the Monday ratings gonna help is it mm. he's gonna be absolutely loath to lose anyone to there I, I kind of feel like there's, a, there's things about Johnny Gagano that's somewhat conflicting because there's a part of me that remembers a point in time on NXT where I absolutely loved him and was like this is like Rather like Sami Zayn at the time, I was thinking, you've just got such a good natural baby face here. You need to put him to the main roster. You need to use the fact that he's smaller than everyone else, but he's kind of he's a better wrestler and he's got more heart, and you he could really do something. But that seems like a very long time ago. Like my memories of it are kind of sketchy, because there has been a lot of kind of nothing since then and a bit of staleness. So it makes it makes me wonder how I'd feel if if I didn't kind of if he wasn't, I don't know anywhere particularly prominent for say six months to a year, would I begin to miss him? Because that's one of the things is you never can't. Cause he's always kind of there and he's always been around. I think there's bad habits out of those WWE style matches that he'd need to get out of his system. I was hoping this weekend, cause Andrade's performance thinking, all right, maybe he's just working out their shit and all the agent fucking nonsense and the Robbie Brookside bollocks that he's been told along the way. <laughs> just need to work that crap out of his system. And like, wrestle how he's supposed to wrestle and the potential's there it's just that i think back to that that list of names and i go like where does he fit in what value does he add really deep down he's not going to be like you could talk about the potential of it but you don't have enough like real estate on tv to give him for it You don't have like 15, 20 minutes that you can have Favis kind of match and then like build him up. You've got all these other people and I know they find time for a lot of bollocks on there, but given the amount that they're spending. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm just, I'm at the point that when it comes to the men's roster, I'm like thinking you've got enough working parts there to run this brilliantly. Like, it, in some ways it's like when Newcastle signed Fastino It can <laughs> it's great fun he's turned up in a big fucking fur coat but he's kind of ruined the formation of your team and it things can go downhill and that's how I kind of feel about it it's
0: it's football manager twr isn't it it's like yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> alan Coonahan's response to that is really the one that i'm kind of pushing forward, it's a big newcastle fan as well <laughs> <laughs> and the, the
3: thing the thing for me with with johnny gargano when i liked him it was obviously at that earlier stage when you know they weren't even so, sort of supposed to be at anything in nxt and they did that tag run didn't they and like champa and then and then things sort of like evolved out of there and i, I enjoyed that like kind of journey and storyline mm. at, the, at the very early part there for me i want AEW to be about the next johnny gargano not that one i want it to be Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty. I want it to be those yes, lads right. who are in the position where Gargano was seven or eight years ago, you know, and then going on that journey with them and bringing them through because, like, he's at that, he's at that, he's at, he's at that and it's come to what it is. And you don't just want to, like, plug that in there. for like. Like For me, it is about you know, these younger lads who for what, for whether it's a match or whether it's a natural charisma or whatever it is, kind of thing, there's something there that kind of, um, um, just sort of evolves with them and brings them through and moves them up the card and things like the, you know, things, things like that. And it's, it's, that's one of the exciting parts of me for AW is mm. that next, it's that next generation of lads that you go on that general, on that, on that journey with rather than somebody who you've done the journey with and the journey went to shit. And then you go like, Oh yeah, no it's but Plug this, yeah. plug plug this, plug this into there. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, not for me. I think that said, you know, and it's not us clearly, but there's going to be. Sorry, Alan's going to Jiffy here in the chat. <laughs> it's going to loop you between You're the really eyes. Not things. happy keep about going to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> this escalated. <isn't> it? <laughs> but I was going to say, like, you know, we're not them. We're not them people. Clearly, mm. but there are enough people out there who do think Johnny Gargano is talented enough. And again, it, I, I, I would believe six hundred thousand of uh, them, yes, <laughs> at most. <laughs> in that, but there's going to be people, that, you know, in AEW who think that who are going to think, you know, he's pleasant enough to work with, he's humble enough, he's talented enough that we'll will give him something. Like I've got no doubt, despite everything I, I you know I don't like about him, um, and I, like I say, he's going to have to go a long way to change my mind. Like they're probably going to bring him in. You know that they are like I think he's he's connected enough, and you know that's going to happen with Owens, and there's going to be guys like that, like Zane, which you know, uh, and Tony Khan said it himself. You know, we've only got an overstuffed roster once I decide it's an overstuffed roster, and uh, you know he's going to continue to play his uh, his fantasy booker for as long as he wants. But yeah, Um it's interesting though that Pete Dunn's not going to be one of them. Um Any comments on that? <laughs> it's not a. Uh, st- I understand. And maybe I understand a bit, you know, Cleveland's not for everyone and, you know, they've done a lot for his family and stuff. I don't know, three years, mate. Let's, let's see what let's see what he's doing in three years in that company. It's, I don't so, think it's going to be pretty.
1: I assume he's getting the NXT title tonight. He must be. Because he's in that match, isn't he?
0: Yeah, people are listening like, to this laughing at us, but yeah,
1: that's probably happening. Yeah, yeah, they'll be giving him that tonight. Now, what does that mean? Mm. I don't know. I think once Vince hears him doing promos, I don't know, like because he won't have really focused on him before that, which seems ridiculous to us. Mm -hmm. Like Tony Khan's out there offering Lee Moriarty a contract. Like Vince would like just no concept of that kind of stuff of keeping his ear to the ground about about this. So I get the feeling that they're they're signing him and then like they'll put in there and then he'll blame him that NXT ratings aren't particularly good. And it will nothing to do with the two-hour shit show that him and Bruce Pritchard have come up with. He's apparently running the show on. tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like I feels like I'm repeating the same argument with Big E, where it's like the issue is is that longer there's a zero planning mm. for it as well. So they'll offer him a big contract, and in some way, you know, he's a young enough man that if it's three years, he's probably thinking to himself, "I'll take the money now." They're going to be like, you know, this might be good for him on a, on a personal level. He gets to kind of not disrupt his family while he's, you know, while, while he's got young kids, which I understand that. Like that makes sense from a kind of human dynamic. Mm. Is it a bit of a missed opportunity? I kind of suppose I think so, mm. because it is something as well that we talk about those small element. The, the, there's much larger elements. That AEW need. There's that other kind of British European stars for that, mm. you know, that I'd like to put in there. Yeah. He's, going a, is, he's, he's going to be be
3: going there on the main roster as the, um, he's going to be the Arthur Shelby to Ridge Holland's Tommy Shelby on the main <laughs> roster. He's going to be there. Is it, is it going to be his manager on the outside? Um, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> running, the, 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 the little guy running, running interference for, um, for Ridge Holland, I would say. And uh, that's probably where we'll see him in the next two years. Oh,
0: i can see it i really can. can't
3: can't bl- I, I, I can't blame the lad can't blame the lad like again from the same i, I wouldn't have wanted him to come to aw personally so like it's it's you know he's gone over there you know from a personal perspective he's probably you know had decent money out of them he's been on the best money out of all of them lads no you know no doubt they'll probably give him a throw a bit more money at him it's security for his family like young thing is is over there. In three
0: years, like, he won't be that old. Is one thing I'd say. It's,
3: yeah, it's to, to me. Yeah, years Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, for for him as a business decision. I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a decent one. And yeah, like you say, he's not, he's, he's, not going, he's going to be coming into his bloody prime in three years' time, isn't he? And then mm. you know, see what the landscape is there, and you know, he might get, a, he might get an even bigger and better move, and he might be better placed to then come in and actually like make an impact in what is already a. Crowded roster over at AEW. He might be able to jump over as a bigger star, you know, maybe not, but he's, you know, clearly the, the financials are right for him in the situation. So, you know, it's just yeah. whatever, whatever to me. I do
0: hope he has a great him. time on 205 Live. Fingers crossed for him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back at Enfield. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, God knows what they offered him from a creative perspective. If it was anything like what they offered Adam Cole, then mm. like, like, you're right. It's going to be like, He's gonna to say to him, Have you ever heard of the show? Oh, I can't do his accent. Have you ever heard of Peaky Blinders? Is what he'll say to Pete Dun. Like, no, tell me about this Peaky Blinders. I'm intrigued. <laughs> and he'll go, Right, we're gonna dress you up in these suits. You're gonna have this. We're gonna play some shit music behind you. It's you know. That's that's how it'll be. Oh
0: shit. Uh, well, on that note, you mentioned Adam Cole and as a creative, we should talk a, a little bit about uh, maybe our highlights and uh, and lowlights from Dynamite and uh, and Rampage. Um, I mean, one of them has got to be the Adam Cole um, segment, which, as we mentioned, almost hit one point five million as a as a segment in uh, in overall ratings. Uh, mm. Adam Cole. Tell you what, came across like the biggest star in the room in that in that one moment in AEW, it made me uh, question my own uh, staunch opposition to him as a, a pro wrestler. I've still got to watch him wrestle though, so there is that. But it was a great segment, um, absolutely fantastic. If anything, he came across, and I'm sure it's part of the story they're trying to tell. You know, he came across more as the uh, the leader of the elite than uh, than Kenny did in that in that moment in that segment. But uh, that was a uh, absolute highlight of uh, of Dynamite for me. More uh, more talky from Brian Danielson. I, I, a bit weird the way they've gone with Danielson he's just straight I mean he's just straight in isn't he we haven't really had like a you know I'm here because mission statement kind of promo like with Punk we got it obviously that happened after the, uh, the pay-per-view went off the air but he's just in the mix already building a match with Kenny and yeah I thought it was uh, not just from a, uh, a viewership point of view it was a, an absolute money segment all in all
1: yeah I, th- I thought he was tremendous Cole as soon as he had the interactions with Shivani mm. oh that was great like I thought that was that was great. Mm. And it's like kind of like quite easy stuff to do, but it was it was good mm. um, in there as well. I think there's a, there is an interesting thing. I remember hearing Dave Meltzer talk about this and I kind of generally agree with the idea that with Danielson, you go, I think we were saying this as well. Danielson, you have to go kind of straight in there. You have to kind of get to that big money match because he's ready and primed to do that. With Punk, you've got to take your time and have the smaller fuse like the Ricky Starks one, which is, is just going to be kind of developing from that. I'm kind of fine with that direction. But in terms of the promo stuff from from Danielson, yeah, it, it feels... I don't know if we're going to get more Arthur Ashe. Like, I imagine that's the first place he'll wrestle. Like, that would be the thing that is a kind of a bit of a no-brainer. I would be surprised if he did him and Nick Jackson, I wondered. But, you know... It'd be interesting to see what they do there for that. But yeah, it it just feels there's much more to come from it. Like it feels like Danielson's come out. It's been nice. It's been, it's been good, but I am still waiting for more. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm like, you're viewing this with a critical lens. I want to like, I do want to hear that speech about the motivations about what he wants from this and kind of build it into something that's a bit more serious Hmm. because Like Kenny was still acting the bollocks last week. And I think there's more like, I I do want to kind of see less of that. I want to see this, like this is the chance to kind of, again, break their pay-per-view buy rate by putting on something that's considered a genuine dream match. What did they have that match? They had that match in PWG, didn't they? With the thumb war stuff. Hmm. Like, you know, like we're a long way removed from that. And so are they. So I kind of want to see it go in a more serious direction. The Adam Cole stuff. I'm loving it. It's what happens in ring, yeah. Like, but however, I'm hoping that we're not going to get any of this NXT nonsense of 35 minutes. We're keeping him to 10, 15 minute matches for the most part. Yeah, I'm all right.
0: I was like, to, to like I don't know what your reaction was, character Though it was, wasn't how I expected Brian to come in. Like, I I thought we'd just go straight to matches with him. I thought we'd be this, we'd be already on like Brian's third <laughs> match by now. You know, he'd just be working anybody and anybody up and down the roster, and Punk would be the one going back and forth on promos with Kenny Um, but this is the way they've gone how's it work for you
3: I mean it is it probably is like that, isn't it? you know, if we were going back like three weeks ago on this, we were talking about like, Oh Daniel's coming and he can be working, you know, he can have a match with Daniel Garcia on Rampage or on Dark and then he's working so and so on dynamite and things and that was that that was the expectation that it was just gonna be like match, match, match and these kind of like little if not necessarily just dream matches, just you know, get lots lots of different guys and you know, very guys who you thought you could put him in there and have some good stuff and yeah, absolutely. You're thinking punk from that promo side of things, but you know, I think it's, I think it's worked. I think he's, yeah, is 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 very underestimated. I think for his, uh, you know, his mic work, totally. <laughs> Brian Danielson. I think, and I think oh, his yeah. his natural charisma that comes across. I think people naturally, when they talk about him, they immediately veer towards the in ring side of things. But he is, you know. He's, he's bloody great with a microphone in his hand, and you just need to think about like all the off the off the cuff stuff with you know when he was doing like talk and smack and things like that as well, where he just was given that license or you know when he was kind of like hidden away and just given a bit more freedom to, you know, say what he wanted to do and uh, wanted and things. And I think in, in in these instances, I think he just I don't know he comes across as kind of. I don't know. Again, you can almost see that, like happiness and a bit of freedom and things like that, with it with him. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm along the same lines as JP there. That, you know, you're still wanting that bit of substance behind it and things, but it still just feels very, very early door. You know, mm. early doors to me. I, I, personally, you know, you sit back and you, you know, I. You, I don't expect that it's going to get in the way of the long-term hangman story that I think we're all, you know, on that journey and we're all looking forward to paying that off properly and we're all invested in the, you know, backstory behind it. Obviously, we t- we talked about a lot on the Patreon show about that as uh, as well with the, you know, the different moments over the, over the years. But just the idea of Omega and Danielson just getting in the ring and just having 25, 30 minutes to just have a match. And we talk about, you know... Kenny being able to put on that AEW match that absolutely is you know goes just world class that world class singles match just that's there up there is. with any match in all time. Here you go, this is this is it, and then you know to be able to to do it and. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to flip the title yet. It can be just something that, you know, it it goes out and it's just whatever it's run close. It's a draw, whatever it might be, you know, I'm just excited about just these two, just getting in the ring and just put, you know, putting their collective creative heads together and just seeing what they, see what they come up with. And, you know, that, that, that's the exciting part for me. And I agree, you know, like I'm not a big Adam Cole guy either, you know, just to flip back to that segment as a, as, as a whole, but he came across great, didn't he? You know, he did. Yeah. He looked like a genuine superstar. You know, he, he sounded like one on the mic. He looked like one on camera, you know, in, in amongst that group. I think there was enough. Little elements in there again that were either said or unsaid that just kind of just built a little bit of intrigue into the relationship with the rest of the elite and where that's um, that that potentially might go in the next month, two months, six months, etc., as well. So you know, I think again for his his first position and him being seen on screen, I just think it's been an absolute home run for me because yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about <laughs> seeing Adam Cole on my TV, which you know, I'd again a month ago I definitely wouldn't have said that
0: yeah right there with you you know and i love that like you said you mentioned there about the unsaid and said things that you know this hasn't even referenced gallows and anderson exist yet i love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, definitely had a couple of like lines and stuff to kind of you know give an indication they're going to go to something with kenny at some point over who's like the real leader of this stuff and yeah like you said home run to get me interested in adam cole like i didn't expect it week one and you know it's made me a uh, doubt a few of my uh, closely held beliefs but i was going to say the other big uh, talking segment on dynamite was uh was punk uh um, getting interrupted by team taz as he was doing his i don't know he's like a like a greeter he was uh, he was doing john cena stand-up wasn't he just like hey hey everyone it's great to be here at dynamite we've got a uh, got some great action coming for you later folks ruby soho is gonna be on it was very weird like i you know i've mentioned before i'm impatient i want to see punk get into a blood feud now <laughs> like I, i'm thinking ricky starks okay. is the direction and ricky starks will be able to carry it you know when it comes to, to promos and stuff um but I don't know, like, I, what do you think about like? I'll go to you first, Gareth. What do you think about like Team Taz as a as a concept for Punk? I mean, I mean, I suppose JP said it before, like you know, that makes sense as a, as a way to do it to have them wear like these lower card guys. I, I'm not 100% sold then. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. I don't, but I don't know if I want to see Punk higher up card already um or in like a proper singles feud i, don't, I just i'm not 100 against it but i don't know how i feel about giving away presumably in the way like so for brian i think it'd be a positive to just throw him on tv and have a load of matches with punk if we're just gonna have him run the gauntlet with the team taz on rando dynamite is that the is that the use of punk i want i don't know i kind of see him as a little bit more of a different type of wrestler where. A punk singles match should be a bit more special. Where, where do you land on it, as the other uh, the other punk guy on this podcast? I mean, for me, like
3: I, f- I feel like he doesn't. He, he he did, you know, he clearly wasn't going to be positioned anywhere near the world title pitcher, and yeah. I don't want him to be positioned up there as well. You know, I don't want more clutter in the mix there. So, what I'd want him to be doing is almost like parked in a feud where there's enough there that there's something substantial that he can kind of like get his teeth into and just have a bit more longevity than obviously what he's done with Darby Allen so far. And I think with the team Taz side of things, obviously the the natural thing, like you say is the Ricky Stark side of things and you know, Ricky Stark's been, you know, one, good on the mic and, you know, able to, you know, have, be somebody who you can see them having some, you know, entertaining back and forwards and, and things over a, over a time period. But two, he sort of ticks that box as well of this AW formula of the young guy who the, you know, the more well-known veteran can then, you know, give that shine to, you know, help him, you know, develop, help him get to the next level and appear to be a bit more of a a star as well so you know from that perspective i quite like it in that it's something Mm. that can probably run for a little bit more time it's something that punk can get his teeth into and be enthusiastic about it's a huge opportunity for ricky starks who again i think is someone we're all pretty high on and we've all you know we all see like a good path for him in the in the future so for the you know for for those it's it does kind of, you know, it feels like a, a, a natural fit. And I think, you know, it's parking punk in a position there where it's, it's, it's not throw away. There is like, there would be a genuine objective behind having him in there to, you know, tick, you know, tick both of those boxes. So, um. you know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, reasonably excited about it. I mean, if you would sort of almost said to me, what's his next step after Derby Allen? For me, it would have been working with a young guy, another one, and helping them mm. kind of kick on and pro- preferably in a heel-face dynamic. And that's what we've got, really. And then with the rest of team, in and around it, then I suppose there are, you know, there is a bit of a variation from a, you know, storyline perspective that they can build over a number of weeks in doing stuff with, you know, different members of team TAS and things like that as mm-hmm. well. So I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I think there's, um I think there's a lot of, a um, lot of opportunity here with this one.
1: I don't think it's the kind of storyline you can go to the pay-per-view with necessarily, but if we're in that transitional period between them and we, we're talking November 13th when that's on. So we've got a couple of months. It It's, it's kind of fine for that. It does feel like the natural feud he should be going to really is MJF. Although yeah. you need to net time settle with Jericho. And that feels like that's the one when you talk about the blood feud stuff. That was the one that immediately came to mind because yeah. I think as good as Ricky Starks is, and he will be good. There's kind of, you know, he's, he's very much a kind of like a kind of not safe option. I don't want to say, but like he ticks a lot of kind of very good boxes as someone for him to work with mjf though is where you get the real juice you can get real nastiness that goes into it and they'll kind of push each other and needle each other which is kind of the thing that we all want we want the person to kind of confront CM Punk. he's the kind of bloke who'd bring up colt cabana to him on a live <laughs> promo yes yeah. like it's that type of level of like oh fuck you went there and he'd be like yeah and i'd do it again if he can make jokes about the potato famine in Dublin, I'm pretty damn sure he's going to bring up Colt Cabana mm. to, to CM Punk. And you're not going to get that with Ricky Starks. You'll get a lot of good stuff that's well worked. And also he's a smaller guy who's going to be able to kind of bump and take the the GTS and, and stuff like that as well. So I'm fine with it. I also hope what it then leads to is that these younger, the, these younger guys who he might want well to have beaten along the way, they get better and then they challenge him. And then they start getting those return wins back, and I think you can tell an entirely different storyline depending for how long Punk is in AEW. So let's say three years, or whatever this run is, you've got a whole back end of matches that you can also go to.
0: ha huh. well, the thing is, we got um, get ho- I mean, we're gonna get a hook match, so. There's that too you know that's the <laughs> if you're talking yeah. about guys you can get that win back you know who can uh could plant seeds for a future story punk and Hook, um i mean i an aw pay-per-view 2022 you were there here first it could happen um yeah I, I i'd say i'm not fully negative on it I, I don't even want to say i'm negative on it i'm just a little bit in the middle on it i want to see how it shakes out i want to see how ricky starks does opposite punk um i, I think maybe it's like If Starks was a bit further up the card or Team Taz had a bigger star in it as, like you said, JP, an end goal for the pay-per-view, I think I'd be a little bit warmer on it, but... You know, I'm not against. I'm not oh, totally against that either. We'll see like how the uh, the T V shakes out and you know. Well, I mean that the segment itself as well was, was weird, wasn't it? It was so messy. It was like Punk was doing the greeter stuff oh, yeah. and then him and Taz didn't seem to be totally on the same page about whether he'd mentioned Team Taz or not. In a way, I kinda like that it was organic like that and it wasn't overproduced WWE type dialogue, but it does feel a little bit still like Punk's finding his feet, and you know, yeah, maybe, maybe mm. this feud will help before you know he gets to something a bit more um, substantial um, down the line. But yeah, um, any other notes on the on the rest of Dynamite? What else um, stood out to you guys? I suppose the rest of it's uh, in ring stuff, but from uh, from a in ring point of view, what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I, I feel like you're avoiding this.
0: <laughs> it's the incident, mate. I can't.
1: The the incident on here. Well, I was. Just, I don't know. I switched off because <laughs> I felt so disgusted <laughs> that I hadn't played the end of Kazanino, right? I
0: was pissed off. And I've got to be honest. I was watching well, live and I was loving this Dynamite and I was a bit like, come on, lads, it's an open goal. I know I know." there's only like a subset of hardcore fans who care about this stuff, but that crowd would have been made up of a good chunk of those subset mm-hmm. of fans and it was an easy win for a great moment on TV. I'm glad they're putting it right. I'm glad he's on Dynamite this week and it's a, a mountain out of a molehill, isn't it? Like in the, in the grand scheme of things. But I do think, you know, come on, i you could have cut. You know the, the the Ethan Page and what's his name promo. You could have cut Hardy, You could have cut a minute off Punk and Taz. There was somewhere yeah. where you could have made space. To be honest, like I wouldn't have been against cutting thirty seconds off the match, <laughs> like to get that in. I, I feel like it's that important. And then they had like a minute for John Moxley to do a tour of the arena, anyway. Um, Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How yeah. long it was? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was what culture pro wrestling level stuff, wasn't it? That I, I don't. I, I don't think it was forgivable. But I think they're gonna they're going to uh, make it right on uh, on dynamite this week anyway.
1: It'll be fine in the end. Yeah. In terms of the match itself it was kind of odd. It was a very TV version of the match except Suzuki bled horrifically just above his eye which was like horrible injury to get. So because if you're thinking like if it's a boxer who gets that they quite often think we're calling off the fight cuz not going to be able to see. He went out there and worked a few more fucking minutes with a few more slaps out there as well. But the but um yeah, the the and I did think when the blood came out, I was going, I don't want to sound like Dave Meltzer with this, but I was like, Jesus, they do like bleeding on this show, don't they? And Moxley, for some reason, I'll point this out. He's he's always bleeding <laughs> he's, can't handle it. Yeah. Um, but sorry that sounded like I was sarcastic, by the way, for anyone <laughs> thinks I was just an incredibly <laughs> misogynistic comment that I made. Moxley's it, always bleeding from his elbow. Have you noticed that? Every um, fucking week, he's yeah. always like, that bloke, honestly, it's just like, he's like Dusty Rhodes back in the day, isn't it? He's just like, you know, he touch a thorn and all of a sudden he's fucking juicing a gusher, isn't he? Mm. All over the place. Um, Yeah, it, it's, as a show, I remember thinking to myself, well, I kind of enjoyed it. That promo package is the main bit. Other than that, in terms of matches outside of the Suzuki stuff, which I, which I enjoyed, and I'm glad they're going to do the tag match at Arthur, Ratch ash i thought the matches were all a bit disappointing mm-hmm. My, unless i've missed something there i can't think of like that match in the end I, I enjoyed it for what it was i wanted to see a kind of extended version i wanted to see that g1 version but i knew i was never going to get that but there was a lot of stuff on the tv show itself that were like I thought like the opener went too long. Like Will Hobbs clearly got like Can knocked cost, out during yeah. his ma his match as well. The Dark Order match against the Pinnacle was really just a storyline in there as much as anything else. I mean, for me, the best AEW match of the week was on Rampage. Mm. So I thought like from an in ring pers- perspective, I thought it was a- it was a bit disappointing.
3: Yeah, I agree. Like as as I'm flicking down here and like looking at the matches, there, like obviously, you had the opener of like the Malakai Black, Dustin Roads, and I thought their chemistry just seemed a bit off in places as well. I just I, I, I didn't think that clicked, and it just again that was one that just seemed a bit like it just ran a bit longer and then you know per- perhaps it should have at the time i thought the jamie atter ruby Solo match as well was was a bit clunky oh. <laughs> i thought their chemistry was, yeah, uh, was off in quite in quite a few places and it, it sort of like fought, fell apart in places that places there so i didn't think that one connected really like to me as a show and especially when you saw the rating it was one of those where i thought like there's been better shows than this that i would have liked that many people to be to be watching you know i think that you know, the best part of the show was the was the elite um Danielson promo that yeah. we've talked about there really, whereas a lot of the other stuff I felt like it was a bit of filler, a bit of storyline progression and some weird things like Tully Blanchard calling out stink and things.
0: I yeah, <laughs> I I probably <laughs> higher the news on the show I, from a match point. of view I thought the highlights of the show was Dustin Rhodes and Malachi Black, I know what you're saying, JP, about going a bit long and the finish was a little bit. I just enjoy seeing Dustin Rhodes on TV. I love that the Tony yeah. Khan's got that in his locker that he can be like, oh yeah, Dustin get out there and do 15 minutes with Malachi Black. Um, I think that's kind of cool. I, I get your criticisms though, like I say, the, the other matches, you know, the the um, the Will Hobbs uh, concussion and like I say, the the, the mess that the uh, that kind of happened in in Soho and. Hater, but maybe it was for me. Like, I I enjoyed the show as kind of like a variety show of like if feeling Hmm. still like a hot product with a lot of things going on. Yeah, the other promo segment we haven't mentioned, the MJF segments. I really enjoyed that. Like that was the most I enjoyed MJF since, well, before he feuded with Jericho, uh, getting a bit uh, close to the bone with the yeah. uh, with the Pillman family. Um, <laughs> Metheny, did he call her? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, your drug addicted mother, <laughs> methany. Here <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> uh, Although I, that, that was a bit messy Linda as well.
1: Pillman <laughs> with a big smile on her face while the whole fucking thing's going on as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah Beyond. and they can never wreck k kayfabe can they of course of course she's over isn't yeah. she um, but yeah you know Punk kind of drawing attention to them early in the night kind of maybe took the heat off a little bit but uh, it, it also worked in a way and it made it feel you know a bit more natural um, but I, I thought that was MJF back to his best you know let's get him away from let's never have him do anything with Jericho ever again and Two, let's have him work some matches because the lad needs it. But other than that, like that, I'm, I was happy to see this this MJF again. But yeah, for me, it just felt like a dynamite with a lot going on, um, which I'm which I'm always happy with, even if maybe, like I say, it could have been timed. That was a lot better.
3: I mean, it, to me, to me, it was a classic dynamite of something that I enjoyed watching and it but it, I enjoyed it for not necessarily the matches I enjoyed it for you know the other the, the other elements of it which is fine because it's you know that's it, it's it's a TV show at the end of the day mm-hmm. it's not all about the uh, the matches match quality for that I was going to ask you what what are your thoughts on Dan Lambert um currently because Thanks. I re- I enjoyed the first one that he did. I think mm. that uh, w- whatever that was, but fuck me, like get him off my telly. Like I, I really oh. feel like something that's like plummeted to the depths have been like the worst thing on the show. Like fuck me, I've uh, <laughs> really like diminishing returns with him, and especially like obviously the the context yeah. of the the stuff that he talks about as well. Like if delivery. This is going with him.
0: The delivery is good. With it, the content's it,
3: terrible. It, 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 yeah. it can talk. It can talk, but the why is he with them too?
0: When, since when did Ethan Gosh. Page need someone to talk for him? Like, has anyone in has anyone in uh, AEW never seen Ethan Page cut a promo? Like, yeah, yeah and it's it's a weird and it's weird as well considering like all his complaints are Jim S complaints about skinny lads and short lads and whatever. And it's like well, not like them two are bodybuilder's are they? You know, it's just it's so ill-fitting. Yeah. Like he's a great performer, isn't he? JP, like we saw him in Impact, be amazing mm-hmm. too. But I think the material he's he's going with here and with
1: Gareth, yeah, it doesn't work for me. Well, it's not going anywhere. It's the same material being delivered again and again, and there's nothing going to happen with those UFC fighters. Mm. We're not going to see Andrei Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos and Jorge Masvidal come in and do a match. Partly, it wouldn't make any... It'd just be like a mad thing to throw in a card. A bit like when, to a, a bigger extent, when New Japan used to hire those shit Gracie brothers, <laughs> and they'd wrestle on those Wrestle Kingdoms you know, oh, they're fucking terrible. Don't be bothering with them. So I never know where it goes, and... I like the men of the year as their tag team is known. Between I'm higher on Scorpio Sky than either of you, and <laughs> I, yeah, I enjoyed that feud. Hey, I liked him in Wrestling Society X as well. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we all did, but uh, <laughs> like, but like, you're right, Ethan Page can talk mm-hmm. why, and he's not really being you. It's like he's had this feud with Darby Allen, he's just been shunted kind of to nowhere in the meantime. This is when you get into the problem of television as real estate. Where like is this the best use of them? Like where are these promos going? It's it doesn't seem to be leading to a match. They're just sort of like they're just having a dig at the audience as much as anything else and getting an easy kind of reaction from them. But it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really add anything, which is a shame because when Dan Lambert was at his best, it was building to Moose and um Bobby Lashley in a feud which I know people may well laugh at it, but they did it well. Mm. Like they really built it up well. And so there was a point to those promos, even in MLW, when he was doing them, it was about building up Tom Lawler. Here it's, you know, like really, where is this going? Because it's the same promo being delivered week on week. And eventually they'll start a feud with someone, but is Lambert going to be around for that? Probably Mm. not. Mm. So ultimately, why is he there when Ethan Page could be doing this probably better and then get the pair of Mova? Down. That's same, I like like say, I like Dan Lambert. Me too. But mm. yeah. Yeah, it's odd.
0: Um, I was gonna say as well, like, just quickly uh, before we move on to other matters. I mean, you mentioned before, JP, best match of the AWE did take place on Rampage. I feel like they've settled into a into a formula with that show. It's like star hot tail off, because that's the way the viewership's yeah. gonna go, and that is the way the viewership went this week as well. He started with like 700,000 odd and it trickled down from there, but Pac and Andrade was a hell of a match. Andrade binned off Chavo. All good headlines to me. Um, yeah. And I the thing about that match as well. I'm glad it got its own space in the end, like on the pay-per-view. Yeah. With how good that pay-per-view was, would any of us be talking about Pac and Andrade? Whereas, like, as a focused on match on Rampage, I think it did really work. And it it, it was just good to see, wasn't it, with Andrade? It was like, thank God, there's still something there in that lad. Um, I mean, I think we knew it, but it was just good to see it. Mm.
1: Yeah, like it would have been completely lost in the shuffle. It wouldn't have meant anything whatsoever if it had been on the pay-per-view. We probably would have spoken about it and probably, in reality, would have focused on the shitty ending. Mm. Whereas here... I yeah. kind of didn't have much expectation of it as well. I slightly had lower expectations, and I'd heard people said it was good, and it was like, well, I'll be the fucking judge of that. Like, And I watched it, and I went, well, yeah. So much sorry. for the grapple, Other people's opinions don't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, that, doesn't that <laughs> matter at all. Fuck them <laughs> off. So, but uh, I was glad in the end of the match that they did, the ending, right, doesn't kind of make sense, but they pinned off Shavo. I assume they're getting Ric Flair in. Mm-hmm. do that right <laughs> because they're going to get someone in and he's going to go right I've got a real legend now and I've got him in <laughs> but if it doesn't mean we get Chavo then yeah I'm fine with that it was a few week run it was completely pointless and rather like the Miro stuff we'll just try and all forget about it as soon as, po- as soon as possible and then talk about in two years going god do you remember when he came in with Vicky Guerrero and then Chavo Guerrero and then they gave him Ric Flair and it all settled down
0: It'd be a trivia question yeah Is Hector still
3: alive? I don't know if he's on it. (laughs) He's coming next. (laughs) Uh,
1: Doing Spanish language commentary for impact to that bloke for a long time. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, echo what you said.
3: Like, great. It was just, it it was what a spot and start of the show, wasn't it? And, And again, with it almost just like starting with them in the ring as well and just like getting right into it as well, like getting right into the match, giving plenty of time. They, they clicked, didn't they? they? Again, I was probably someone who was starting to think like, oh, actually, is this Andrade thing like a bit um Emperor's New Clothes and he's had that one really good match and there's, you know, there's actually not much there anymore and potentially, you know, we're not going to get this this string of matches that we thought we might see out of him. But again, clearly with the right opponents, um, you know, they're capable of putting something on like really strong there. Um, I mean, there was loads of good spots in this match as well that I thought were just that, that were just seamless and presented really well. The one thing in this match that I absolutely loved so much was I know you're say. where where it, it well, <laughs> it's where he did that stomp on the outside. Yep. Is this what do you do? Fuck you, but,
0: Alberto. But,
3: <laughs> but, but the whole like there's one thing i hate about that spot in any wrestler is is someone's in the tree of woe position and they're sat up kind of thing <laughs> waiting for somebody to stomp on them and andrade pulled him up and then there was a, there was there was barely a second between him pulling him up and him doing the stomp and I was just like, yes, like 100%. perfect kind of thing. The worst is like, yeah, you know, God, how many times do you see that? And somebody's holding themselves up on the ropes, just waiting, like, stomp on my chest, stomp on my <laughs> chest. And it was just like it was presented like it actually really would, you know, happen in that circumstance. And it looked fucking great as well, the way like it fell to the outside as well. I was yeah. I was sold on it on that spot. That was just like yes. And then and then Logically. obviously like on the back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all I want. It's it's all I want. Make it. Make it look real. Screamed you, mate. As
0: soon as I saw that tag, I was like, "Gareth, love that."
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just like suspend that, like disbelief. But then, you know, a lot of the other, you know, stuff in there. There was just some like flying stuff, wasn't there? Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, which again was as smooth as fuck. It just felt like there was. the timing was perfect between them just yeah, like every, every, everything about it and I think I went 3.75 on it I think it's mm-hmm. slightly higher off memory off, off the top of the head, off the app I think it's probably at about 3.86 or something like that off the off, off the top of my head but 3. again 6. it's one it's of those exactly
0: what- fucking hell Is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I swear I'm not How many ratings? The app <laughs> Do you want to guess? Uh, <laughs> this
1: is oh, a potential no. game show this oh,
0: 121
1: oh, 166
0: <laughs> Undersold your honor. Half there, but oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> i went three and a half just oh, i know no, jp God. doesn't care about anyone else's opinion but i went three and a half i would have went oh. 3.75 if not for the oh. finish so, he'll be the favorite. judge of that benno <laughs>
1: exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry jp what did you give it jp
1: Three point seven five because I've got a hive mind as I said earlier and the I to go along with what everyone says. No,
0: it, it, JP hacked the it, app
1: and gave you three point eight six. That's how much his power goes. <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> just to get the specificity down. No, I went. No, I I went, um, no, went three point seven five because I mean partly the finish. You're going to take something off for that because it still is a screwy, shitty finish, really, ultimately. However, I'm excited about the rematch, mm-hmm. which is something that I say excited. Like, I, I, if it was on, I'd be like, oh, good. Because I know these two can have a good match. I still want Andrade to change his ring gear. I don't think he looks entirely comfortable in it. Like, it might just be me, but it's those kind of little like, things.
0: That should be uncomfortable. You want him to like?
1: <laughs> Sorry,
0: it's I just like, trousers... you like You want him
1: to wear pajamas
0: or something, or just something he'd be no. Like his trousers
1: in make him. me think he's like in fucking Dick Tracy. I said before. It's like it's just ridiculous. the way you said
0: like comfortable. Like your you're, you're uh, like zoot suit
1: trousers, aren't they? You know, like I, I still think I kind of want him to look more like a wrestler. I yeah. suppose is ultimately it. So, like, I want him to wear, like, the tights like everybody else does. I just want him to be comfortable. But, like, himself. it was it was the thing I didn't want to, like, kind of spoil for you and go into. But we were talking about it in the AEW 5-1 to 1 moments, and it was one of the things I wanted to say. Is like, there's a lot of moments in in AEW that are, like, really important and quite good. And it's kind of because of Pac. And Pac is there. And, like, at times we forget like we're not i'm we're not convinced he's the star that they need for europe or like the star that they would want him possibly to be and how much they can invest in him and the rest of it because he's not always around and like but at the same time you're relying on him to get the best match like out of someone who need needed a good match Mm -hmm. and they got it Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to be said for that kind of stuff. And, and the ratings bore it out, because I think it did, like, closer. to... I think you said earlier it was, like, closer to, like, sort of 750. And the show sort of tailed off from there. It did. Um, but it shows you that if you put that kind of a match on and it's got that kind of action, that... You remember, it's 10 o'clock on a Friday night, for fuck's sakes, and it placed, like, fifth. Its ratings are much lower than everything else. But in the demo, that's the thing that it's doing, like, kind of surprisingly well. And this week it was down and it's still something that is like, it's still drawing that younger audience sort of like in proportion with what like kind of dynamite would do. Like it's, it's still getting that, that kind of larger audience for the night as well. And I think it's, it's stuff like this that works and is going to get people in.
0: It'll be go, like that. One, it'll be one the, big the, segment and, and then it'll it'll be like you get a big promo, Punk turns up, or you get a big match, you know, the Lucha Brothers do a tag or something like that, and then the rest of it's gonna be filler. Mm. I think that's the pattern um, Rampage uh, is gonna go on.
1: I don't know what you two think, but the commentary, fuck me, they need Excalibur back from his oh, wedding. Like Oh now. no,
0: I liked it. I really like I really liked sure. the dynamite commentary. I thought like Taz being in there made I don't know, it gave JR a more defined mm. role. Um and I'm, I'm yeah, I and Tony were on that. better behavior. I, I don't know what it was about that combination, but it worked for me surprisingly. As much as I like Excalibur to be back, I
3: missed. No, I missed JP. I missed Excalibur. I oh, I, I thought it it felt like it stuck out on a yeah mm. on, on on a few instances in like some some of the matches that were on there. It just felt like oh something's just lacking here. I thought um, I can see that. I don't know. There's yeah. a, a definitive space, but um, but not to no. the extent that it was. You know, complain about the, been the guys in there, but it just, yeah, it, it, it was amazing that um, it, it, it did jump out to me that he that he wasn't there. Mm. The point I just wanted to make about yeah, the end ahead. of this match here, here about the De pack match was this slightly worrying trend. I think it was last week I moaned about this was distraction finishes bleeding into AW, and this was mm. another one here where another distraction finish, like on the back of, I think it was like last week where it was like. Paul White and QT Marshall, and then there was one in the Take Conti Bunny one as well. And I was thinking, like, that's just something I just associate with WWE and like if this is something that's just, uh, mm. I feel like that hasn't been a regular thing in AW and it feels like it's just been cropping up semi-regularly of late. And I'm, I'm just a bit like, I don't want this to be something where everyone's just like looking up the ramp kind of thing, or somebody mm. can't you know, absorb the loss anymore. And there has to be a hokey way out of it kind of thing, because mm. who doesn't get KO'd when they get hit in the head by an iPad that my children do to me on a regular, <laughs> regular <laughs> basis by, by accident and, they don't floor me on any occasion. I just thought it was a bit not believable. Yeah, it? The, uh, end of this, and then the, the fucking hosey on the side with the, whatever his taser or whatever he had, and like it was just. Oh, ah. Do without this? How how can we present that for twenty minutes or whatever, and then box it off as this? Like, yeah, wasn't good. No,
0: me Um Any other thoughts on Rampage? Brian Pillman's getting a little mini push. I don't know. Has gotten the MJF match over with and done it on Rampage? I don't know why that's happening in New York. Yeah. Gives MJF a match, I suppose. Um, Pillman looks so shit on Dynamite, by the way. Like, oh, you fucking, you've fucking, you called basically called like, me, me anti a slut, me sister, all kinds of names. And I'm just going to stand on the stage and take it. And then when I come out, I'm not even going to throw a punch. Like, he couldn't look like a bigger schmuck uh, yeah. in that segment. It's like, they really... Could have scripted them a bit better, or he could handle it, it,
3: it was going, for, it was going for the crowd first. He like mm-hmm. he came out and he was immediately like, "Hey to the crowd." I was thinking, "Like, yeah, my family why, why you you Your family are down there getting fucking called all sorts. Get yeah. yourself down there, mate." Mm-hmm.
1: It was only the Wardlow dynamic that became of interest to this, because like you say, you're slagging him off, and he's there, he's there with a smile on his face, talking how happy he is to be in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that. Somebody walks in you out, starts slagging off your mum, but no, and you're going to go well. First of all, I'd like to say how happy I am to be back in Toxteth. Like, you're not going to do, you're not, I don't know if you didn't live there, but like, you're not going to start out with that, are you? With a slight smiley face and go, you, I want some words with you, and then talk at them for a few minutes. You're more likely to just like kind of dive straight in there, aren't you? I will oh. say my lone AW source, which you can guess from last week,
0: is uh, did comment that Brian Pillman's one of the few people he knows. who can walk into a room, piss off everybody in the room, and then leave completely oblivious to the fact that he's just pissed off everybody who was in that room he was in. <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy, doesn't he? Brian Pillman Jr., he's uh, maybe not very self-aware. Just, you, you, want, is, you want to yeah. root for him, but <laughs> there's definitely something off about that lad. Is he just not a bright lad? Is that maybe what we're getting that. at? Maybe it's that
3: That's interesting. That's interesting because my one line underneath this Pillman uh, caster match here in my notes is, Pillman, not particularly likeable.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <I'd
3: laughs> there you go. It does,
1: sort of tra- it does transcend through the screen, doesn't it? Like he him, was but... in Dark Side of the Ring, though, wasn't he? Mm. He was like the biggest baby face in the world on that. Hopefully,
3: It's a funny one because I always thought he was shit and then he's, he's definitely better than I thought he was but he's still not good, if that, no.
0: if mm. that's, if that that's makes sense
3: up. kind of thing. I, think.
0: That's all, not I quite don't see him getting
1: much better.
3: not quite as bad as I thought he were. That's no. a Hi, compliment. <laughs> uh,
1: amazing. He's got it in his comp tape, mate. He's got it as a quote that he's added in there using Adobe <laughs> Premiere.
0: <laughs> uh, um, well, we should probably move on from, uh, from AW and talk some other mm-hmm. stuff. I mean... You know what we all seen, lads. We were saying before Noah Stardom ROH. Where do you want to start, JP? Go on,
1: up to you, mate. Give you the power. Well, I've only watched one Stardom match, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Ring of Honor. But I know Gareth hasn't watched any ring of any of it at all. Is that right? That's fine. I'll go for a piss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It won't be a long segment. I mean, it was a three star. Really
1: won't be. It was yeah.
0: I'll tell you, my highlight was seeing John Walters opposite a ring with Homicide. Like I was big into that. And that six-man with uh, Dicko and Tony Deppen with Homicide against John Walters, uh, Lee Moriarty and, uh, and LSG. To be honest, there was more talent in that match that I would rather see elsewhere on this card than there was elsewhere on the card. Um, I thought that was fun. Taylor Russ and Jake Atlas was a bit of a nothing match, but obviously news was broken tonight that Jake Atlas is uh, saying he's going to be retiring. So it wasn't the bar burner oh. that me and you kind of thought. Two lads on the who've just left WWE would want to go out there and do it. It Was a seven minute nothing of a match. Um, I thought
1: it squash.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it was. Maybe that. I mean, and again, maybe that makes more sense with Jake Atlas on his uh, mm. on his way out, uh, and for Taylor Russ to go over that strong. I enjoyed the the pure title match with Josh Woods and, and Jonathan Gresham, um, but still, three and a yeah. half stars worth of enjoyment. So I didn't go anywhere yeah. near higher than that on anything on this card that I've um, seen so far, JP. And like I said to you before the show, I got to the semi-main event, and I threw the towel in because I looked at the grapple ratings and it wasn't getting oh. much better.
1: Did you see the women's match?
0: Was this Roxy and Miranda Elise?
1: Yes. No. Did you see that? Because that, that's the match of the night. Okay. Like, and I've never heard of them before this. I haven't followed any of the tournament. I don't watch ring of honor television. Like they, it was, I went 3.75 on this. And for me, it was, it was match of the night. Um, it was and it was just a very it was the simplest of stories. And it was very clear they'd work together because they were like talking about them both being from Texas. So it's like, oh, okay, so they're just part of the Texas wrestling scene. And they decided quite wisely to go with people who've got an established match that they can go to and show in a big show. And they did. I think it's about the Roxy is about 19. So they've gone in on someone very, very young as the champion, which do you know what's a fresh face? A lot of potential there. Obviously, it was a bit rough around the edges. But the crowd got into it and Roxy had her parents at ringside and the finish felt like someone dis- disputed. And Miranda release was like, it, it was a very sort of simple heel dynamic. They didn't try anything spectacular, which I think really benefited it. They kind of knew what their wheelhouse was. And a lot of it was kind of like they were working over each other's sort of um, submissions at, at, at various points. And they kind of built up that they actually had some meaning for it in the end, and they kind of had one of these like three counts, but Miranda release kicked out very soon afterwards. And I really enjoyed it. I kind of went with it, but that was like, I went 3.75 because I thought that that was as good as it was, but it is mm-hmm. still very rough around the edges. Three and a half for that pure title match. And I think beyond that, it was like a lot of 3.25, three stars stuffed down to two, I kind of actively disliked the main event. That was like, Bandido, that, Brody King, and um Flamita and EC3. I read about that one. Uh,
0: EC3 didn't EC3 get taken out of the match or something, despite the fact that he probably shouldn't have been in it in the first place. Uh, what happened there?
1: He's he's bad. Like, I mean he did some, he did more than I've seen him do. It was like this thing where Demonic Flamita used the chair and then he got the chair back and then hit Demonic Flamita and the referee had been outside seeing a Brody King and he's but he saw that bit. So he got disqualified. They made that it was genius. It was just screwy and i just thought why are you protecting him of all the people in this match you're mm-hmm. protecting him like really someone like bandido could possibly do with that but it didn't add anything mm-hmm. unless it's just building up to like a, a feud with him turning face and him and flamita which i've got zero interest in that it's just a bad fit we've said it before we'll say it again it's a bad fit it's not natural and it just doesn't work i was a big thing of honor I
0: was a big EC3 booster. Like, I loved the Spud feud, loved him in TNA. Thought he got a road deal mm-hmm. in WWE. And then he's come <laughs> out and he's been dry as anything uh, outside. He's, and, like, we talked about GP far too serious. And, you know, yep. pushing this narrative stuff, this, like, alt-right adjacent nonsense he's doing it's just not interesting is it it's not what made nope. ec3 entertaining and yeah ring of is a weird for him too he was he stuck <laughs> out in that like a soft on the name in that four-way like bandito bro the yeah. king and flamita like that sounds fun ec3 oh okay yeah maybe yeah. not so fun anymore
1: and it, it did pick up when he went but really it's the last few minutes are good and I think I went 3.25 on this. Mm. Um, no, sorry, I went three stars on this. And you know what? It, it might have been lower because I just thought this was disappointing. The crowd weren't into it. Mm. They only got into it in those last few minutes when it was Brody King versus Bandido, which is really what the pay-per-view main event should have been in the first place. Mm. Because Brodie King's one of their guys, it would have been the thing that made sense. I like Bandido. He's a very good wrestler. He could be really good because he is very young. However... He's not going to make a difference for them now, and he hasn't got anyone who he's going to wrestle that is going to raise his game. That's how it feels at the moment. Although, at the end of this, they did kind of set up Gresham. What, he was looking at the world world title, yeah, against Jeez. Bandido. Sorry. Now, that's the best possible match I think they can put on there. Yeah, he is. He's very young.
2: Mm.
1: Like, from the times we saw him, he was like in his like, 21, 22, and he was over here. Jesus. Yeah, I know. It, and so it, it makes sense them going with him. Like I think they'll get more of him than they will do roosh. Like He's at least exciting to watch, but it's the other component parts. There isn't anyone on the level. And I just came away from this pay-per-view going, if all the companies who need access to the Forbidden Door, it's Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor need it kind of more than anyone else. They could do with some just generally kind of fresh blood on well, bits throughout the card.
0: That was something I liked, though, on the pay-per-view, that they didn't... Um... Hide behind the fact that uh, Nemorio Moriarty is signed mm. with AEW, and they were basically congratulating him. Like I thought that was nice. You know, yeah, it was good. Good, you know that's a, that's the way things should be in wrestling. You know, he's got himself a contract. Cool. Um, let Let's mention it on the pay per view. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it, ROH of it's just steadily okay. It's just. Why is it? Why is it there? And you know, why should people bother with it? Is kind of the, the question you end up asking with ROH. They've done good things. You know, you look at the the mm. handling of the pandemic better than any other promotion. Like somebody, uh, I think it was Righteous Reg, pointed out on Twitter. Oh. You know, this was a promotion going into this pay per view where every single champion was a person of color. Like that's not a given in pro wrestling. You know, then that, that's happening yeah. in Sinclair own promotion. You know, that that shouldn't be a special thing, but it is in wrestling. You know, so it's worth it's worth referencing. But yeah, it's it's where you get. You know the 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 reason to, to kind of watch this stuff. I think Gresham's pure title run has been fun. Interesting, he dropped um, the pure belt to Josh Woods on this mm-hmm. show. And um, like you say, presumably moving into something a bit more main event with with Bandito. So at least there's that. Um, but past that, yeah, like I say I, I kind of watch this show a bit blase. Like there's nothing here grabbing me, and I don't feel a, a <laughs> strong need to really complete it or watch any more ROH anytime soon.
1: It's did you see Alex Zane win the Rumble match? So he gets I, a number one I do like match. him, so I'm happy I'm happy. I'm happy about that. It's a different name, I mm. think, and it's someone fresh. And that's part of the problem when you go up and down the roster. There was this bizarre bit as well with Jay Lethal came out and just cut a promo about how great Ring of Honor is, didn't he? That seemed to last for ages. No, he left. It didn't lead to any kind of an angle. Mm. It was just like, is he working backstage? And he decided to do this. But like the interesting stuff, like you mentioned that six man Walters isn't sticking around, and neither is Moriarty. So <laughs> should. it, it should it do. <laughs> what what Walters was such such like a pleasant surprise in this because I think you, like you were going like I'm not reading this right. John Walters is in this, and it's like yeah, and you watched it, and do you know what, he was really He's... good fun. Do
2: you remember he was more fun meeting
1: L- the Trump gimmick? Probably. Do you remember meeting LSG in Germany at WXW? No. When? he was over there tagging he was with another bloke I can't I don't we know, met idea. him maybe chat. yeah I spoke to him he's nice enough lad I could give a little of course, shit about him as a wrestler I was gonna say yeah his name's LSU speaking... <laughs> what were you doing Gresham was over there as well that was one that might have been the first time I was speaking Ooh, John. to him. Old oh, John there we go <laughs> um <laughs> But there's like you know you start off with Dalton Castle in there. How's he the still Briscoes there? Briscoe versus the Kingdom. Talk about a lad who missed and his I, calling. Like he should have been an NXT signing
0: five years ago. He should have had his meme NXT run and be like Bachelors on the Indies final. <laughs> like Dalton Castle, the path he went on was not the one I expected. I didn't expect to stick with Ring of Honor this long.
1: Yeah, and he's basically back doing the same gimmick that he did from the very beginning except rather than have just the boys at ringside he's got four blokes in masks that he calls the chickens like okay. right okay like what the fuck is this for so yeah i think after enjoying the last show in front of a crowd this one felt like a step down and like you said you described it best it's a three-star pay-per-view i, I with isolated moments of enjoyment I would suggest watching the women's match It'd be interested to see what you think yeah, I'll watch it before like... the
0: weekend show I'll give you a good yeah. the take then there you go there's a poll. Banner's gonna watch the women's wrestling the I there, so.
1: do like Josh Woods there's something about Josh Woods like yeah. and I'm glad he's pure champion and I think he could make it work and he's slightly bigger and maybe have those matches a bit quicker um and fuck me Gresham's bulked up isn't he mm. It's absolutely, like, properly hench at this point. Yeah. He? He's, he's, he's like a massive odd job. Sorry to change the subject.
0: I've just been distracted. Have you seen this NXT 2.0 set? Fucking hell. No. <laughs> it looks like it's like studio wrestling. they uh, It's tiny. Absolutely. It looks tiny, at least on camera. Uh, oh, the photo I've seen, Tom Martin put up. It's not, a, it's not your mum's NXT. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to... Uh, Share the screen. This is great for audio listeners, by the way. Yeah, uh, Follow Tom Marlton. They'll have all seen it, by now. Yeah, that's the setup. Interesting.
1: Right. Mm. Okay. They're really going for that FCW look, aren't they? Looks
0: very bare bones, doesn't it? Um, I guess Jesus. people listening to know better have... than
1: us what it turned out
0: like. But oof.
1: Are they going to have big posters up on the wall of previous WWF pay-per-views? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it's, that's it what it like. <laughs> yeah. it's like i tell you what let's will that class of um of of um oh what was the name of the developmental promotion they were in at the time Actually, ovw oh OVW. ovw yeah it was it was the ovw class was the one with Batista. it's like let's will that into existence mm.
0: yeah like dylan said in the chat uh, the stuff, that budget. Yeah. no money for uh, a <laughs> big set there interesting um but yeah, I suppose that's that wrap up. Ring of Honor, anyway. JP, three star pay per view, probably don't watch it. Yeah, Gresham is good. Um, <laughs> what else? Have you been watching a lot of the M1 then, Gareth? You did say it was going to Emission rather than watching G1 this year.
3: Yeah, there's, there's only been that first show so far, um, and I've, I've made a start on it. There was four matches on the first on the first show. I've watched uh, I've watched two of the four um, so far, and. Um, yeah, I mean, probably the, the best of the bunch was the um, Masao, Tanaka, uh, the yeah. and Nakajima match. You know, that was... What you'd expect, really, you know, you've got them kicking the shit out of each other pretty much early on. Nakajima with his kicks, as is, you know, he's always going to be doing like kicking hell out of everyone. Tanaka with those massive forearms, and you know, Na- you know, Nakajima just been his uh, usual um, arrogant self there. But yeah, again, for, for a for a match that was, you know, I, I don't know how long it went, but from a time standpoint just really accessible just to you know mm. we're not talk, we're not talking you know matches that are overstaying the welcome and um at 10 um, minutes and for, yeah for, uh, around that mark just you know a lot going on you know hard hitting you know coming out there and um you know good, good couple of near falls and then just like a nice clean decisive finish there with you know uh, Tanaka with the you know flying elbow at the back of the head and then the face for the for the one two three and you know I've gone like three and a half stars for it so it's not something that's you know, pulling up trees, but, you know, just again, for a, for a match of that time, you know, period, I'd, you know, recommend anyone just to, to, to give that one, a give that one a watch. It was, uh, it was some uh, good stuff. And, you know, I'm always enjoying a bit of Nakajima, you know, you know what you get with him kind of thing, I think. But, uh, but again, I think he, if I feel like he delivers more often than, 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 than not on that basis. Um, there was a match earlier on on the show with uh, Kitamiya up against uh, uh, Kazuyuki Fujita, and again I think that one went about like nine minutes. Um, it was a bit of a bit of an odd one, really. I think as I was watching it, I was thinking, "Oh, this just feels like just a big <laughs> Kitamiya showcase" because he basically had the entirety of the match and he slapped on that prison lock submission, and then he had, you know, he um, incorporated like a front face lock into it as well, which looked pretty cool. And then randomly in the last sort of one minute of the match. Fujita for, for sort of broke the hold you know give him a big knee a belly to back I think there was like a lariat a powerbomb you know a couple of kicks kick to the head and then he just sort of pinned him with his knee on his stomach and not really like the most nonchalant pin ever sort of thing but it was just sort of randomly just kind of out of nowhere and from a book I I don't know it felt like a bit of an odd one from a booking standpoint for the way the match had gone but I think I quite I quite like it in a way it's one of the things I like about Noah is the like that kind of realism that somebody can kind of have that flurry like they might have him, you know, like in an MMA fight or something like that. And yeah, you get uh getting a kick in the head and you're out cold and you can be beat, you know, one, two, three, and it doesn't need much much more than that, you know. I think just that kind of like quick decisive finish is uh, something that I that I, that I quite enjoy and just adds that element of realism to it. Again, it was one that it was it was very short, you know. I've gone, you know two 2.75 stars on it so again it's not something that's like pulling up trees but again just as a you know short match with a you know nice burst of um you know excitement and energy to it and things like that you know again it was it was one that I, I thoroughly enjoyed i have swerved the uh main event of the show i must admit so um, it was uh, a uh, keji against takashi <laughs> Um i looked on the app it had two it had two stars I uh, held a cage match in front of uh, Sarah and says, "Tell me the match time on this match. Can I squeeze it in before Spotlight?" She told me that it was thirty minutes flat, so I knew it had gone to a time limit draw. So, yeah, I think if I've uh, if I've got half an hour these days, I I don't think I'm a I don't think I'm spending it on a, a half an hour mooter um, <laughs> time limit draw. So, uh, give that one a miss. But yeah, I mean the, the other two matches. Glad I watched them. You know, really enjoyable. I'll, I uh, have the, there was the last match from the um, from the groups of uh, Kendo Cashin against um, uh, Keno that I still need to watch. So pick that one up tomorrow. But if they if they continue in this vein with some, you know, relatively shorter matches, I think I'll probably uh, watch keep keep on the M one all the way through. And definitely doesn't feel like it's going to be the grind that um, that
0: the G one might be. Bit of common sense, smaller blocks, all all things mm. <laughs> because done with the G1, you know, as well as that US block we wanted.
1: Uh, which obviously, you know, yeah.
0: Oh well. You watch any it's of it. It's a video? bit
1: more novel. I only saw the Nakajima and Tanaka match and I kind of really echo a lot of those thoughts. Although I'm kind of finding myself also transfixed by what Nakajima's hair is gonna be like this time. Cause he's bleached it blonde. And yes. so you're like, okay, like he's decided to do this and you kind of like go along with it. It's That main event, when I read out the result, I was was like, absolutely not. There's no way in hell am I watching that. And apparently it was horrific. And obviously it would be because, like, and it just sort of, my frustration is with NOAH um, is there's a real opportunity to capitalise on what's going on with New Japan, and it doesn't feel like they're taking it. And there is the potential to do that there's the potential to, I'm not saying take over from it, but certainly make a dent and grab some of that audience. And I'm like, even looking through the results, like it's a case where it's the 50 year old lads who are winning. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. Now I know it's week one in a tournament. They're going to do that stuff, but it's not like you'd say with a guarantee. Oh yeah. But the winners of the blocks will be like Masa and Kaito Kiyomiya and Keno and Nakajima. There's no guarantee of that at all. Like, who books KG Muto in 2021 in a 30 minute draw? Like this is he's fucked now by this point. Properly fucked. Who books him in that? So I've no confidence to say that they'll book someone who'll be good as a winner. Sorry, I'm a bit more down on it, I suppose. But the potential for it, and I I would assume that Masakitomiya would win if I was going to go with a favourite, because I think he's the one that they're kind of like hottest on. To go with, but it's it's more interesting than the G one. That starts definitely. on Sunday. Hmm. You watching it's it, I definitely- know. Def- and it, it might just be that fre-
3: it might just be that freshness to it as well for me, like being a relatively new watcher of this current breed of Noah and just you know lads like like you say like Nagajima and Kitamir and Kenowa and you know Kitemir and you know I, I like Inamora mm-hmm. as well. I feel like there's a crop of lads there that have have all got like a real massive upside to them and you know put on you know style of wrestling that I, that I enjoy, putting on, you know, some some different things to what you, you're seeing elsewhere. But, I mean, this tournament's going to be a big, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting kind of mark on where the direction is mm-hmm. because, yeah, when I saw Vegeta F- 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 beat me in that match, I was like, well... The and worked. I was like, really? And then, obviously, with you know Tanaka going over Nakajima as well, you know, it was like another one <laughs> kind of thing. These, obviously, like you say, it's, a, it's it's a tournament, and things can can turn. And we'll okay. see. But it, just, it, it just feels like a, a a huge opportunity to just you know, I don't know, turn the tide, almost kind mm. of thing. And this be like a good entry point, almost this this tournament to then be kicking onto that that next generation. So we'll we'll see.
1: Are they doing With the commentary? Japanese, I didn't see it for this show.
3: No, it wasn't on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they will do at various points, and I think there is some bigger matches, uh, bigger shows when they're coming up because they're obviously based in Japan as well. But it's yeah, when they do them, probably at some of the other places. This one was at mm. Um This one, yeah, it's all interesting. The G one, I did see. What one- I've only seen one match from the Five Star Grand Prix. By oh boy. The way. I thought you'd JP. The... Come on. I, I just haven't had the chance. And I'm I, to be honest, I, like there's a lot of stuff that I've been following the grapple app. Mm. There's not much hitting four stars. Who cares about really anything
0: again anything
1: now, <laughs> Listen to this, yeah. A of no, no, no. I don't think it's shit. I'm not like completely turned on it or anything like yeah. that. A lot, a lot of it feels like the build-up, but also oh, there's sorry. been issues like so Julia's injured and out, she's got a neck injury. and Julia that, broken sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. julia Hart. <laughs> oh there we go no the the good julia the one i had to shave her head in a match that neither of you two watched obviously um <laughs> when she lost yeah you're not listening to this at all. when she lost to Tam Nakana. um well she, she's out with a neck really injury well. there's a good chance she would have got to the finals so that kind of miss like messes up the booking potentially for where they would have gone um but there's not as much stuff that's hit four stars. I'm assuming we're going to get that into the closing stretch, but there's been like kind of various delays either because of injury, but also at the same time, the um COVID like having to delay some shows, but I did watch Suri versus Hayashishita the rematch. Now it wasn't as good as the, as, as the match they had, which I think I went 4.75 on the app Um for that, the, the kind of the draw they had. This was another draw. What you'd be pleased about this stardom tournament, and I think New Japan take note, 20 minute time limits here. So there's a lot more draws, but it's 20 minutes is the maximum you're going for any match. You're like, oh, okay, so they might do it once tonight. And they did that, but it was like a kind of truncated version of the first match. Just but like a lot of it was quite violent. Like I thought one of the best spots when Shuri went for a big kick to um high sheet on the outside and then she hit it with a power bomb to the floor. Um but it's like it's obviously the build up to their rematch is like that's what this match exists for. It's it's there to kind of be part of the overall story between them as much as anything else. But no. There's other stuff to my, you know, I should catch up on for that. But I did want to mention it because obviously it's following up from one of the matches of the year. Um but rating wise, uh three point seven five.
3: Slightly above you on the app, like it's averaging out at like three point nine nine. So essentially like it's a bang on a four-star match and then Looking on the app here, like you've got Uatani um, against uh, Watanabe at like four point two five, Julia Uatani um, at four point one six, Micah against Shuri at four point one two. So there's you know there's a few four star right, matches me. in there for um, for for anybody uh, wanting to look. So there you go, JP. Um, you be the medieval, judge mate,
1: haven't you? Eh? Yeah, yeah.
3: you be you be the judge of it, mate. Get yourself <laughs> on there.
0: <laughs> Great app look. Like. Uh,
1: oh.
0: For us? I watch Smackdown does anyone care even I don't care Kit was alright <laughs> <laughs> is I <it> alright <laughs> nah, that was a good TV show Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns had a good segments Paul Heyman played his role well did a good job of uh, teasing, teasing, teasing Paul Heyman though. And Brock was going to be there. Went went straight into a. Like, to be honest, that first hour of that show, what felt like a hot wrestling product. Genuinely, like they did the uh, the Becky Lynch Bianca Belair contract signing, which felt like two big stars in that hour. They they did there. There was like a dead fun ten um, man tag that I actually would recommend people check out. I'd probably, I probably haven't put it into the app, but I would probably go like. Maybe three 3.75 on it, it was surprisingly mm. entertaining for a for a WWE ten uh, man tag. You know what it felt like? It felt like remember that first week of SmackDown that we covered JP when it was like, oh, um, you know they're, they're going to go sports based. The Rock's here, I know, is Kane Velasquez and Brock's going to be on every week, and it felt like that's oh, what a yeah. you know a, a a WWE show that you put effort into should feel like. That is what SmackDown felt like. Even Edge versus Seth Rollins was. Pretty good. You know, Step Prophet 2 was pretty good. It'll all be shite again next week, though, though so who cares? I mean, that's kind of a summary of it. Like it felt like uh, like similar to Raw. You know, uh, like, let's let's pop the rate in one week, let's let's react to Dynamite, let's uh, like we're in MSG, we can't be embarrassed in our own backyard, let's let's put something special on, but it'll be back to Roman Reigns and uh, and the lads regurgitating the same lines next week. I'm sure Edge and Seth Rollins will have a, a rematch and it'll be worse and Or we'll be right in the universe, but a bit of credit to the dude. Decent show. It's all right. Fair Fair enough. Couldn't do Reminder Smackdown based on
1: that, could I? No. I would say something else. Something something interesting that I think we've all missed out on. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring is back this week. Is it? Season 3B. I watched a preview special. Oh, cool. Jericho had hosted rather than Conrad. Like normally do the Dark Side of the Ring confidential stuff. So they did like some looking into the episodes that are upcoming. And I think the one thing we did say is at some point we'll get around to reviewing heels, but Mm. it's like a six part run. Brandon Thurston said it's drawing it's viewing figures. When you add in all the overnights and other stuff, it's like it's about 650,000. And I think the premiere was like sort of like 78,000. If you're looking at the overnight and you think, Oh my God, people say wrestling's bad. That's like worse than impact. No, it's, it's doing all right. So, like, that might be coming back for a second series. I think that seems like a, a quite a strong number for, like, mm. kind of original programming on a niche channel on there. But this looked kind of good. They're doing the steroid trial. So they were talking about that. It's how in-depth are they going to go into that and about how much bullshit Vince had said. There's, like, they mentioned that bloke like Johnny Canine. He seems like an absolute fucking mentalist. There's one on Luna I um, uh, they, they were just sort of doing little previews of... Of like the upcoming stuff, I don't even know what the episode they're going with next week is. Um, oh sorry, it's on the sixteenth, so that is mm. this week. Is that? It's tomorrow. When is that? Well, day after tomorrow. Yeah, it's Thursday. Mm. Yeah, so like I'm looking forward to. That. I'm wondering which one they're going to go with. Plane ride from hell first. Oh, it's the plane ride from hell. Mm. Yeah, they interview one of the stewardesses for that, who seems like who honestly was talking about it like as if. She was going, I didn't tell my daughter about this. And, you know, I finally told her what happened. I was like, like, really? Like, I honestly had thought it's nothing more like, these pissed-up wrestlers are arseholes, aren't they? But it sounds like it was, like, absolutely horrific. And they explained that one of the things is that they were basically kept there for about eight hours on the plane because of delays with free drinks, which they just handed out. And then insert Michael Hayes and a new drink there.
0: Well... As Jericho said one, once, you know, put, put, put those lads against the, on the anniversary of September 11th against the uh, September 11th Bombers and, you know, game over, Jihad. That's a real tweet. That's a real tweet from Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh, my God. That. That, and that is, quote, not mine. Um, oh, God. Playing right from hell is first, yeah. Then it's uh, Canyon. There's an FMW on. Um, yes. Bikers. They've Band, interviewed Anita for John that. K9, Luna Vachon. XPW. XPW and then steroid trials as the finale. JP, you got to wait till the end of October for that, but we'll get there. We're
1: we'll getting some more new Jack mm. before he died. <laughs> you know, in kind R. of R. like Street the anti chat. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gone too soon. Heaven has <laughs> another angel, Benno, What can we say? We I mean, say this. So, Maybe so have, often. But still. <laughs> Yeah, heaven as another hell's angel by the fucking looks of it. Um, so yeah. It looks like that'll be fun. We'll be reviewing it. I think most of the documentaries we all kind of enjoy reviewing as well. And uh, if we can get ourselves another, like the one when they were in Korea, where we know fuck all about it, and it turns out to be quite entertaining, then that'll be kind of fair game. And less of the Warrior ones, which they were saying like, oh, we thought the A&E one was a lot darker and a little bit more kind of nastier towards And I was like, I watched something else entirely fucking different. Because that was clearly the worst of that series by a country mile. But oh yeah, went out in a beach. Yeah, did say something. Yeah,
3: were you um, were you saying on the weekend on one of the daily updates that that Vladimir documentary and the Lex Luger one are finally out
1: as well? Well, they were on a promo package, so like there was like some advert on the network and they were featured on that. It could easily be a mistake because, as we've said earlier, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand (laughs) is doing. So. Just be putting it out like, I don't know. Maybe they'll put it on instead of Monday Night Raw one week and you get like a three-hour un- uncut. Mate, yeah, I'd be up for that. Three out of Vladimir. He's if earned was, it, the uh, amount of shows uh, he's got. Uh, I was going to say, Vladimir
3: is the universal
1: champion by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> he's tall.
0: <laughs> he's got that. Guy.
1: Always he's in a, good He's got neck. a better shot than Pete Dunn. Um, I'll say that. <laughs> We did. You did wonder that, as a kid. It's like, who is this person who goes to all of these shows, yeah. all of them, yeah. front row? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: we oh, I, I, I cannot
1: dream. wait. I can't wait for this documentary. I'm just. I'm so intrigued
3: by so much of his backstory, but we'll save that for when it actually comes out and we can watch yeah. it
0: next the, year yeah. probably as seen on many of all we'll Woolworths VHS till I get back to the uh, the pre-show I'll make Vladimir <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I think that uh, that brings us nicely to the end of the show um, obviously mm-hmm. yeah as we said mentioned earlier lots going over on the Patreon including that uh, monster 45 minute pre-show we did tonight chatting uh, oh. Woolworths old VHS's ECW VHS's HMV all kinds of uh, fun stuff on that one this week I'd, uh, I'd highly recommend checking it out JP's daily updates weekend show which will be Thursday night this week um, uh, five to one on our uh, aw's greatest moments so far uh- Sneak preview um, of my uh, first episode of Verses with W. H. Park, and coming up um, our our next film club, which uh, the uh, the final uh, poll will be uh, will be take will be put up uh, tonight, and we'll uh, we'll see what our patrons vote for. No fixing it this time, JP. But uh, yeah, let's do uh, <laughs> look forward to over on the Patreon side, and yeah, we'll be back next week. We don't know if it's Monday or Tuesday. We have got things to figure out, but we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's it for us for another week we'll catch you again next week bye cheers lops Poisonous. Poisonous paragraph smash it on the graph in half it'd be the inspector deck on the wall path first right. class leaving mites with a cast cause a ruckus like the aftermath on guns blast run fast here comes the verbal assaulter. Crimes running wild like a child in a walker. I scored from the inner slums abroad. And my thoughts are ready sharp, I slice the bike from the court. First criticize, but now they have become mentally paralyzed. With hits that I devise. Now I testify. The best is I revel
1: I that's your highness. Blessed to electrify. We both each other ill. Truth that I reveal across the amateurs who scream they keep it real. Teaser black down, hooded up in fatigue. Part-time minor leagues receive third degrees. Attack like a wolf pack. Once I pull back. And guard you and bust you like a fool.